Central Oven. It is 18 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump's son said it, says it is truly disgusting. His wife had to be hospitalized because of a substance in a suspicious letter sent to his New York home. On Twitter, Donald Trump, Trump Jr. wrote, He's thankful his wife, Vanessa, and his children were not hurt in what he called an incredibly scary situation. He also said it's disgusting that people with opposing views would express themselves in this way. Vanessa Trump and her mother were taken to a hospital yesterday as a precaution because they handled the letter. The unidentified substance found in that letter was not hazardous. Not sure how this will make you feel about the company potentially coming here, but in a surprise move, Amazon is reportedly laying off hundreds of corporate employees in Seattle and in its global operations. The Seattle Times says the jobs involved are related to Amazon's consumer retail business. It says Amazon's rapid growth has left it with some teams over budget and with too many employees. Amazon says it is making small reductions in some places, but aggressively hiring in others with nearly 13,000 corporate positions open right now. And the city of Pittsburgh is no longer officially a financially distressed city. Governor Tom Wolf announced the end of Act 47 status at an event at the city county building with Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto and other officials. Wolf made the determination to lift the status after officials sought careful budget governance and a surge in Pittsburgh's tech and medical sectors. Pittsburgh is only the second city to exit the Act 47 program successfully. Well, tread lightly when it comes to office romance. A new survey of human resources professionals found that one in three office romances end with at least one person being fired. But even though office romances usually don't end well, one in four workers said they have been involved or are currently involved with a co-worker as according to the Society for Human Resource Management. And speaking of romance, happy pre-Valentine's breakup day. According to relationship experts, today one of the most popular days of the year for breakups. Seems uh, for some people Valentine's Day is the big wake-up call that things aren't really rosy and wonderful in their romance, so they end a bad romance the day before the official day that everyone professes their love. That seems to be pretty cold. Yeah, the day before. Yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. <laughs> I mean, I I know people who have you know. There's the funny scene in uh, the office where um, uh, the character Ryan, I can't remember the actor's name for some reason right now, but B.J. Novak. B.J. Novak. And he's like, oh my god, I hooked up with her on February thirteenth. <laughs> like tonight's the you know a, a, a popular night to break up, but also be careful. Don't. Lonely Valentine's hookups. Might yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think you, it's incumbent upon anybody to do a Valentine's Day unless you have an established relationship. I mean, if you've gone on like one or two dates oh. before Valentine's Day. No. You, you can't have any expectations. And it no. might say something about the person that you'd want to be with if they do have expectations. Right, if they're upset, you didn't make a big deal out yeah, of it. Yeah, like how could you not have made yeah. a huge deal out of our first Valentine's Day together? It's like, I don't know your last name yet. <laughs> A Texas man will remain behind bars after his failure to convince a court that DWI laws discriminate against alcoholics. Ralph Frizenhan of San Antonio took his case to court and argued that his four-year prison term should be tossed out because the state's legal blood alcohol limit discriminates against those who have a high tolerance for alcohol. His claim was that it's a 14th Amendment violation for equal protection and is unconstitutional. Well, that case fell on deaf ears, as the third court of appeals said, no way, 
You're yeah. going to jail. Mm. Uh, he was arrested after a DUI crash in uh, Comal County, south of New Braunfels, Texas. A featured documentary about the life of Joan Jett is one major step closer to coming to the big screen. Bad Reputation made its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival and has been acquired by Magnolia Pictures for North America. The documentary follows Jett from her early days as a founder and lead guitarist of The Runaways. Magnolia is looking at a theatrical release for the film sometime this year. And Finally, Marlon Brando's son now also denying rumors his father had sex with Richard Pryor in a drug-fueled encounter in the 70s. Quincy Jones made the claim last week in an interview, and Pryor's widow Jennifer Lee confirmed it. But Pryor's daughter Rain denied it, and now so is Brando's son, Miko Brando. He tells TMZ the Marlon Brando family has heard the recent comments by Quincy Jones, and we are disappointed that anyone would make such a wrongful comment about either Marlon Brando or Richard Pryor. It's a little ridiculous. Nobody cares if they did. Well, what? They do, I guess. Why are they acting like they robbed a bank? <laughs> you know, if this was a, a a man and a woman, right? They would everyone would be like, "Nah, it didn't happen." But the the backlash on this is crazy. Cloudy, warmer today, forty for the high. It's eighteen degrees now at DVE. By the way, I totally think they did it. <laughs> I really think they did. Um, I didn't know. Was it? I didn't know Richard Pryor was bisexual. Um. Yeah, I mean, he had a very bizarre upbringing. Yes. For those who don't know, I mean, his mom, he was born in a whorehouse, basically. His mom was a hooker, and his dad was the pimp. And he grew up in a whorehouse. Yeah. It's, like, unfathomable. His grandmother raised him, you know, for a good deal of his life. And even after he made it, I believe, he went back, and she was still, the grandmother was, like, a part of that, too. Yeah. Which, like... I always wondered, how did that go on as long as it did, unchecked, in Peoria, Illinois, or he where he was from? Because well. Peoria is not a huge town. To have, like, a family, generations, handed down whorehouse. <laughs> You'd think people would know about that. Not exactly the type of business that you're used to seeing flourishing throughout <laughs> generations in a family. Uh, on the way for you a little bit later on this morning, Bob Airy going to be talking pens. And uh, Billy Gardell, of course, will be in studio with us. Uh, or well, not in with us, but he'll give us a call from Los Angeles, California. Bill is off today. Uh, he is dealing with a house full of flu, so yeah, it's scary. It's very scary. It's it's not a regular flu season. No, they said this is the worst in I can't remember how many years. Did you end up getting your uh, flu I shot? I did. Yeah. How long ago? Um, I'm I'm past the you're past two the two weeks. weeks. Yeah, it was like a month ago, I think. And I haven't even heard if how much that helps or doesn't. I've heard varying degrees that. Well, they, they say even if you do get the flu, it helps it, it helps lessen the symptoms and right. the severity. But I don't right. know. Uh, well, who knows? Uh, yeah. So he's uh, he's uh, on dad duty today. Michael has sports for you coming up at the bottom. Of- Morning show, Aerosmith, Ragdoll. Uh, it is uh, uh, Randy Bauman, Val Porter here this morning. Bill is off today. Mike will come in with your sports momentarily. Are you watching the Olympics at all? A uh, couple minutes here and there. How about you? I, really I turn it on down. and then I start to drift. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's really excited about them. I want to be. I like the Winter Olympics typically, but it does not seem like they're doing as good of a job as they've done in the past. Or maybe my viewing habits have changed so much that I want this instant gratification and i want action all the time and if mm-hmm. you're watching qualifying bouts and stuff maybe it's yeah. not as 
exciting, but um I want to see medal winners. <laughs> yeah, I want to see like this is for the gold medal yeah. every second. Yes. And all the filler stuff is not doing it for me. Although I probably would watch snowboarding and maybe skating. Anything else I don't. And I miss, I was at a concert last night. I went to the Trey Anastasia uh, concert at the Biome Theater last night, which was a really super fun time. Uh, sold out show there for the uh, the fish front man. Um, but uh, when I got home, and I got home relatively early, and, and uh, uh, skiing was on. And I was watching, and it was just Bodie Miller talking, and people were skiing. I guess, I don't know if it was just qualifying or what it was. I don't know. But I, I started to just drift, and I was, I'm now I'm on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm like reading stuff, and then I'm 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 not really watching the Olympics now. It's on, but I'm not watching. And it sounded oh, yeah, like there yeah. was some nice half pipe snowboarding action going on earlier in the night. Missed mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. Well, isn't it? It's on like five different channels, isn't it? And that's the other thing. It's very hard to track what's happening. You think they would do a better job of like on NBC Sports right now? This is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like a little quick flashes or something. Um, but I don't know, maybe that's a little bit too critical. I think maybe my viewing habits have changed. I'm just so used to instant gratification. Yeah. Well, we all are. (laughs) You know, once something ends on Netflix, I just hit play again and the next thing starts. Well, unless, unless it's something that you're really into, like I could watch playoff hockey of teams that I was not a fan of. Absolutely. But I don't think I could watch the luge of somebody who I don't know and never heard. I, who cares? If it was... I don't care. If it was... I don't know. It's just... Maybe they need cheerleaders. Like, Oh. <laughs> we are Korea. looking at that whole cheerleader thing wrong. <laughs> like, everyone's looking at the North Korean cheerleaders and thinking like, oh, look at that. That's hilarious. No. Those people are literally doing that for fear of, like, families Death. dying... It's it should be more of a Black Mirror episode looking thing and not like some novelty. That should be terrifying. It should be Twilight Zone. Remember the episode of the Twilight Zone where the kid kept like sentencing people into TV? Oh yeah, it was part of the movie. Right. Well, remember how happy they were around that kid all the time? Yes. That's the North Korean cheerleading squad. You're the best, Billy. Yeah. They they're afraid they're going to get jettisoned <laughs> into the other world. I don't know. Michael have a uh, sports update for you. When we come back, Penn's getting set for action. And, um, you know, I don't know exactly what he's going to be talking about. I don't know. Um, yeah, me either. Yeah. I do know that Brett Kiesel's 8th Annual Sheer to Beard takes place this Friday. Jurgles Rhythm Girl uh, special guest, Phil Bork. Performances by Chris Jamison, Donnie Irish, all kinds. Irish. All kinds of uh, Steeler alumni come back for this one. I'll be the MC for the evening once again for the eighth straight year. I'm uh, honored to be a part of this prestigious event, which has brought in hundreds of thousands of dollars through the years. I bet they're close to a million uh, for uh, Children's Hospital Cancer Programs. Great night. Rabid fans there. Everybody just, it's the loudest crowd. <laughs> Super loud, and it's a really fun um, for, It's a really fun event for your social media buffering. Yes. If you want to pad your social media account with a bunch of fun Steeler <laughs> pictures, this is the place to do it. Uh, it's at Jurgles this Friday night. Sheer to Beard 8, Brett to Diesel Kiesel and DV. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Penguins back at it tonight against the Ottawa Senators. 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X. Uh, the Penguins... Are one and zero against the Senators this season, having won three to one back on November the sixteenth. 
in Ottawa. Pittsburgh will hit the ice tonight at 31-22-4 for 66 points. And Ottawa 19-26-9, and 47 points. A little bit more on Sidney Crosby's historic 400th goal on Sunday afternoon in St. Louis. He became the 95th player in NHL history and the seventh active to get to 400 career goals. And Crosby is the 37th to do it in 839 games or fewer. It's uh, a pretty big deal. And he's not done yet. And he had been waiting to achieve this for 10 games before finally getting it done on Sunday. So I don't know if that sort of numbed it or made people anticipate it a little bit more. But uh, it's not one of those numbers that should be just blown by without Mm-hmm. Proper acknowledgement. You know, 95 guys in the history of the NHL have gotten to 400 goals. And Penn's head coach, Mike Sullivan, appropriately impressed. You know, it, it's such a it's such a great accomplishment to score 400 goals in this league. Uh, when you look at, in Sid's case, to score 400 goals as quickly as he has is, is, is another level of accomplishment. You know, I think it's just an indication of, of how good a player he is. And, um, you know, I know he's been he's been pressing for this one for a while. So, you know, we're hoping that we're hoping now that now that he scored that goal that uh, that it'll start going in the net for him. He's had a number of, of quality chances the last handful of games. It hasn't gone in for him. We're hoping it's going to start to go in for him here. He he periodically uh, succumbs to the New England roots there, doesn't he? With score the, four. Moving forward. Moving forward. Score. has been waiting to score four hundred. Yes. He scored four. Wait no more. Of course, Crosby will have a chance to score more goals in the NHL tonight as opposed to being in the Olympics. Uh, no NHL players in the Olympics this time around. And uh, Sidney Crosby expressing his uh, disappointment with that development yesterday. Yeah, I think at the time you're, you're obviously you know hoping it all works out when it kind of everything's kind of happening and you're hearing different things. But uh, once you find out you're, you're not going, you're disappointed. But now that the Olympics are here, I think you're you know just anticipating you know the hockey starting and following like you would uh, in the Summer Olympics when you're watching at home cheering for Canada. So that's that's kind of how it um, you know how it kind of develops. But I think once you start watching hockey games, I'm sure it'll kind of sink in a bit more and you know competitive. Side of you, we'll, we'll want to be over there competing. Yeah, it's like normally, like being at home cheering for Canada, or in my case, like being at home cheering against Canada. <laughs> and uh, I, like Crosby, I'm disappointed the NHL guys aren't there this time. Yeah, but I'm also a guy who watches international hockey just because I watch the World Championships every year. That's with a lot of relative nobodies participating as well. And uh, we're going to talk a little about Team USA today as the show progresses. Try to coach you up a little bit on who these guys are and, and where they're from and what they're all about. The U.S. plays Slovenia, big one tomorrow morning. I'll be charting that while we do the show. Mm-hmm. Good deal. You know, when U.S. and Slovenia get together, you throw the record books out the window. That's what you do. Everybody knows that. Hopefully they hit a Slovenian when you, <laughs> when you throw the record book. <laughs> Isn't Melania Slovenian? Val? She's Slovenian or Romanian? I don't know. We'll find out. Let me Google that. It's all the same to me, Val. <laughs> it's all under the same broad brush. It's true. It's true. Slovenia. Yeah. Novo Mesto, Slovenia. So she'll probably be rooting for them. Probably. Yeah. That's 
I, my husband. I am. <laughs> I'm okay with the NHL guys not being there for this reason alone. Few things have irked me as much in recent years as Penguins fans rooting for Sidney Crosby in the Olympics against the United States. I know that has always been a big uh, point of contention it, for you. Irked is probably not a strong enough word. Probably not. In fact, it's definitely not. But I don't have to worry about that this year. Pens are four points behind the Capitals for first place in the Metropolitan Division. Well, Val, when we went and watched that one game where it was the gold medal game with Sid, was that a World Cup or was that Olympics? Remember when we were down at Dukes? At Dukes? Yeah. What? I only remember going, oh, you know what? Maybe we did go to a yeah. game there. Yeah, me, you, Ryan, and everybody. And we went to Buford's, didn't we, for a, for a, a hockey game. That was Olympics. But there were people there. The point being, the pe- people there that day weren't just rooting for Sid or Canada. I mean, they were rooting for the United States. They were rooting U.S. hockey. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, but, a lot of people do. But it was when Sid got the game winner. Yeah. I mean, people were kind of like, well, at least it was Sid. But I wouldn't yeah. say they were like, yeah. I was at the Fox and Hound for that. What, what was it? The gold medal game? was the result? gold medal game, okay. Vancouver Olympics. And I remember that when that tournament started, it was me, Madden, Rob Rossi, Tommy McMillan from the Penguins. Jeez, murderous row. A very small, select group of people watching the U.S. games. And by the time it got to that gold medal game, the place was overflowing. People were wearing jerseys. They were bringing flags. Uh, if you remember in that game, the U.S. tied it up with an extra attacker goal. I think it was uh, Zach Parisi scoring in the final minute with the goalie pulled to get it to overtime. And the place, it was like we just won the war. It was going crazy. And then when Crosby scored, it was total silence. Stunned silence. <laughs> there were no Crosby sympathizers there. Oh, well, good. Well, you don't have to worry about it because they're not playing. I do think that there's a novelty that's fun about watching NHL players play in the Olympics. But... There is, um, it's easier to get that like you know miracle kind of feeling back when it's the amateurs. Like when yeah. it's college guys, you yeah. can really sort of root for them as a group a little bit easier than because if somebody screws up on the U.S. team, which is like a guy that you hate, like uh, uh, who's the guy from uh, Washington, Tom Wilson or something like that. Like you know, then you get pissed at them. And you're like, I always hated that guy. You know, you'll never. You stinking flyer. Yeah, you won't <laughs> do that if it's college kids. I well, would I think. Well, I think, though, we, the U.S. team has four guys currently playing college hockey on it. Okay. The rest of them are playing in Europe. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're, 15 of them have NHL experience, but a lot of them it's just a, a smattering of games. Uh, a cup the, of coffee. The captain, Brian Gianta, came out of retirement to be the captain. He's played over 1,000 games. He won a cup with the Devils. But for the most part, it's guys who, um, you know, gave it a shot here and didn't didn't make it, and they're either playing in the minors here or in Sweden or in uh, the KHL or somewhere over in Europe. Uh, Do you know the goaltender is from Erie? No, Cathedral Prep kid went yeah. to, went to Mercyhurst. No kidding. And he's playing in the uh, KHL now. Yeah, my alma mater. That's very cool. I did not know that. Yeah. See, this is why today's going to be an informative. Uh, That's great. Well, well, I look okay. forward to your your sportscast each day to inform me. We got. Uh, did you hear about Esteban Loaiza? Speaking hear of, about uh, him. Information. <laughs> That's unbelievable. He's the most uh, productive Pirates pitcher in a long time. Well, uh, his career is taking a turn. <laughs> he was arrested on Friday uh, on charges involving 
the possession, transportation, and sale of an estimated 44 pounds of a substance suspected to be cocaine, estimated at $500,000, according to the San Diego (laughs) Sheriff's Department. He has been living uh, in Imperial Beach, California, which is uh, right along the U.S.-Mexican border. He was stopped on Friday for a minor traffic infraction. Loise's vehicle had been under surveillance on suspicion that it had been used for smuggling drugs. Uh, A search of the vehicle subsequently found a sophisticated compartment used to conceal contraband. That led to a search warrant of his house being obtained, and that led to the discovery of the estimated 44 pounds of the substance suspected to be cocaine. Uh, Loiza was a bucko from 1995 until 1998. He started the 2003 All-Star Game for the American League when he was pitching for the Chicago White Sox. Wow, the mighty have fallen. That is just crazy. You never know. I I don't know. I was thinking Did he make of, enough money pitching? Well, so I was thinking that those guys have a tendency, first of all, to spend that kind of money as if they're going to make it forever. Yeah. Very few of them understand that this is a window in time. But it's a lot of money. Uh, Even a guy like that, you know, he would have made a significant amount. He wasn't... Uh, Joe, find out how much Hugh uh, his or, career win, uh, earnings were. But those guys miss, as much as anything, the juice of playing, right? And it's all of a sudden maybe, maybe he does a delivery or drop off one time and he's like, it's the rush, and then all of a sudden. Yeah, this is a little worse than giving up a home run. No, I totally agree. It's bad. Although, you know, wherever he ends up, they'll have a hell of a prison baseball team. <laughs> this is the bright side. Well, you know, look, speaking of the Buckos. Just because they're getting rid of all their best players doesn't mean you can't keep rooting those players on. It's the DVE Morning Show. Olympics fully underway. Before we uh, get into that, Mike, Esteban Loiza earned $43.7 million over 14 seasons. Unbelievable. And that's just salary, right? Yeah, well, that's, that's I mean. His major, I guy mean, was an all-star. Yeah. Probably got some residual cash from... Uh, I'm sure. Appearances, endorsements, whatnot. All right, knock off uh, almost half of it for taxes and managerial stuff and agents. And... Still a lot of money. Yeah, so say you're coming around $20 million at that point. Then he's definitely, I mean, you'd have a hard time spending $20 million yeah. unless you had a prolific cocaine habit. So maybe he was just, yeah. like, really good at doing coke. Sounds like he was, you know, selling it, though. Unless he, no. you know, 44 I know, but sometimes that's how you get into it. Yeah. You're buying bulk because you have such a... What are you doing this weekend? I'm going to go get 50 pounds of Coke and yeah. have a yeah. good couple of days. If you have such I'll... a considerable drug habit, you might just consider you know, getting into the wholesale business, Mike. You know, I mentioned he started the All-Star Game in 2003, and uh, as a follow-up to that, you know, 44 pounds of cocaine. Welcome to the show, Joe Rikiki. He said, uh, Esteban Lawise always had great stuff. It's a good joke. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the setup is really big for it, but well, yeah. you know, I'm trying to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Joe, the new producer kid. Yeah. You see, he already has great stuff. Yeah, it's, Joe, Joe's got a million of them. He's really good. Don't get me wrong. I All right, screw it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it is funny. It's a good joke. It's clever. I don't have the energy. To... He's looking at me like that was... A... That was... It's great stuff. You said he always you know, great stuff. I got it. Fighting uh, curveball, you know, fastball that moves. So. Right. The, the parallels are. Yes. 
Abundant. Uh, <laughs> ice dancing. That's coming up soon, Valley. Excited for that. That's oh, where they yeah. throw people in. So excited. What's the difference between ice dancing and like pairs Be- skating? It, isn't it the same thing? Uh, I guess maybe that's the same thing. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but right now it's the, the singles, right? The figure skating. Well, I don't know. They have had couples skating. Is ice dancing different? I don't know. Maybe it is. Well, Joe, is ice dancing different? Joe, you got a joke, don't you? <laughs> Save us. You got a million of them. Uh, so, if they're wearing Capitals jerseys, it's ice dancing. <laughs> Adam Rippon, of course, he is the bell of the ball, so to speak, uh, out there in uh, in uh, Pyongyang. He has recently dispelled rumors about himself, which are that he was wearing butt pads oh. during his competition. He said, there have been a lot of questions to whether I compete with butt pads on, and I'd like to set the record straight and let it be known, no, it's my real butt. Thank you for your interest, comments, and concern. Love you. That kid is hilarious. <laughs> also, they're talking about getting rid of the goaltender for the women's U.S. hockey team. Her mask has a Statue of Liberty on it. Political And they say, yeah, statement. but and the, it's weird, though, because that has never been an issue before. No, it is not. I think almost every U.S. goalie has had that some reference to the Statue of Liberty on their mask. Yeah. I mean... Statue of Liberty, I don't see it as an yes. overtly political no, message I... as much as it is sort of uh, symbolic of give, give us your tired, your poor liberty. Yeah, right. Immigrants come, come here for a better life because yeah, that's what we're all about. That's what we're all about. Yeah. Come here for a better life. Well, that's what we used to be. We used to. Yeah. Well, now that's the... why they want them to take it off. Right <laughs> now, the Statue of Liberty has an orange vest on and flags, and it's now going it's standing, that way. It's standing there with its head down, and it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Taking its head. Oh, it's been doing that. Yeah. No, it's, it's just hands. smoking a cigarette now. Just kind of like, <laughs> we are so. Are they making the uh, Canadian goalies take Dudley Do right off their mask? I don't know. This is a question I have for you. I, I think these Olympics are in a lot of trouble because people, for some reason, I just think viewing habits have changed, really. I, I, I want to be excited about it, but I'm having a hard time finding out like what the big event is. I have watched zero minutes. Yeah, see? I'll watch the hockey. We're- okay. We're playing Russia Saturday morning. I think it's seven ten. Well, well, that's excuse me. The Olympic athletes from Russia. Oh, we are. Which is what they call them because they can't call them Russia for some stupid. People reason. have a difficulty when there is a huge time difference. That is always the case. If you can get them close to real time, I think viewing habits are a little uh, more consistent. Part of the problem is you don't know if you're watching something live if it's taped. Um, good rule of thumb, I guess, would be how many hours ahead are they? 14. So, so 14. So if you're watching something at 10 o'clock at night, that could be happening the next day. That could that, Sure, live. Yeah. yeah. So you could be watching live at night, right? So this is a ridiculous thing. The difference between... Ice dancing and... Ice dancing and figure skating. What ice dancing places more importance on having a graceful and entertaining routine compared to figure skating, which focuses more on jumps, lifts, and spins. <laughs> How stupid. No one or nobody watches. How? Yeah. How would you know the difference? Yeah, no. Now, how one would fun you? thing would be to combine a couple of of them <laughs> at the same time and have it the luge course going through there. <laughs> I think it'd be cool if there was figure skating going on during a hockey game. Sure. Some chick was spinning and she just got wiped out by a cross check. Oh, <laughs> some would say the Euro players do their best to make that happen, Mikey. <laughs> they would. Yeah. See, that's funny. Yeah. Right. I'm laughing. Me, like new producer Joe uh, Rikiki. Got a couple jokes here and there. <laughs> they'll come out. 
Uh, I am uh, looking forward to, uh, to 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 seeing the the downhill, like the main one. They were doing qualifying last night, right? I don't know. You mean like the luge stuff, or just the straight where they go off the jump? No, not the jump. I do like uh. the jump, but like the the super G or whatever the hell yeah. it's called. They don't have, and I didn't realize this. Do you know they don't have speed skiing in the Olympics? Now, of course, everything is timed, but they don't have just the straight down. There is a sport that is basically well, the downhill is how fast can you go with, right? But it is around tur- the obstacles, and right? it's all kinds of turns and stuff. This is yeah. trying to get the fat like the highest speed attain the highest speed because there's special uniforms and stuff that people wear for that i've seen it's crazy man they shoot down the hill like a bullet and supposedly it's the fastest sport that a human can in you know do without motors yeah Yeah, i was gonna say but auto racing's no just you know motorless sports right ian thorpe never swam that fast so basically, the skeleton and the luge are the same thing, but one you're on your stomach and one you're on your back? Yes. <laughs> Which one would you rather do? The luge. I want to fly head first into something. That is ballsy. If you're just cruising down there head first. I'd say I'd rather go head first. Oh, oh you're dead God. if you if you wreck, though. I mean, you really mess I yourself up. I imagine you're going to get pretty effed up the other way. If, yeah, would you have a broken it? leg or yeah. a bra- broken cervical spine? I don't know, it just feels like you're because you're not really. It looks like you're not in control when you're lying on your back and you're just kind of like trying to peek up. Can't really see. It really doesn't. Sean White kicked off his fourth Olympics in the men's halfpipe qualifying round last night. Made it to the finals. <laughs> men's half. It's funny because I think of him as a kid, and then they show him up there with the team, and he's the old guy. <laughs> yeah, he is the old guy. Yeah. Everyone hates him on the team. Really? Yeah, he's like a despised guy because huh. he was the kid playing hacky sack in high school. Well, no, and they hate him. Still is no, but it, uh, the other snowboarders hate him. He's got a really bad reputation. Mm. He's like a I don't know. He's a jerk. I'm not sure. Uh, Phil Kessel's sister is going to be playing today. By the way, Team USA. Amanda Kessel, ready to uh, take the ice. I wonder if she likes hot dogs. She does. Uh, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, the answer to that, but she looks like she's in much better shape now. Gordon Lesh from Channel Eleven is there. Our good friend Gordon. Whom we love. He's getting the best damn tan. They must have him on top of the mountain. I mean, he looks wonderful, doesn't he? He's on the television behind us. Golden brown tan. Which I wouldn't have thought there was a lot of sun going on there, but I guess if you're up on the uh, mountain all day, you know. You still get sunburn in the winter. Yeah. Uh, U.S. speed skater Brittany Bow just missed out on a medal, finishing fifth in the women's 1,500-meter long track event. That's our best finish for any long track event in the last eight years. She missed bronze by 1.2 seconds. That's such a... Someday we're going to medal in the long track. If I have anything to say about it. (laughs) Guess who's leading the the medal count right now? I'm going to guess it's uh, Korea. Charlie Gowen, Norway, with the lead. Nine medals for the Norwegians. Fearless leader said Korea's winning. Yeah, but our fearless leader said how great all the people from Norway are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> apparently that's why are. he wants them to come here so we can win in the long track eventually well it is almost valentine's day it is and mike people need to get some damn flowers randall it, it's all it's almost valentine's day it's tomorrow which means you are almost out of time almost 
but not quite. There is still time to save Valentine's Day. Time to sink that buzzer-beating three. Time to complete that Hail Mary. Time to skate the length of the ice and hit the net just before time expires. You can still win Valentine's Day thanks to Pro Flowers, but you have to act now. Pro Flowers roses are always a hit on Valentine's Day. They make the statement you want to make. They're the gift she wants to receive. They're a Valentine's Day classic. And they've been a Valentine's Day staple in my house for years. You can also try something new from Pro Flowers assortment of unique bouquets and plants. And just because you're listening to me right now, you can save 20% on any purchase of $29 or more by using my code MikeP. Your gift from Pro Flowers is guaranteed to stay fresh for seven days. And it's guaranteed to arrive on a delivery date of your choosing. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Don't delay order today and save 20%. On that purchase of $29 or more, go to proflowers.com and use the Mike P code in the special boxes at checkout. Think inside the box this Valentine's Day. Order today from proflowers.com. You think it should be against the law to have more than one wife? Or one husband, for that matter? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of I guess if I had an argument about it, it would be related to some sort of tax break that you might be able to uh, get if you had sham marriages, which I don't know what that would be. But in and of itself, I mean, I don't a couple care. of them have to be shams, right? I mean, just doing the, the percentage. Well, you know, it's like Ben goes to AB a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's going to be a cup. There's going to be an <laughs> Eli Rogers. The there's going to be a Sammy Coates, you know. <laughs> yeah. You have your favorite target. Right. Yeah. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning yeah, Show. Yeah, it is the DVE Morning Show. Day before Valentine's Day, Val. Yeah. Love it, is in the air. Not really. It seems like an obligation for most people. Only people with new relationships that have a lot of that, that happy love. Spark. That phase where everything's fun. I just like going to the, like, just the... the go grocery shopping we have the best time together it's so fun uh, those people are very excited about valentine's day but i mean you know most people are kind of like oh you know it is what it is or kids do kids still hand out valentine's well we sure did yeah you get i choose you choose you decorate the little shoe box yes the whole thing but huh, i wonder if kids still do that oh no probably not i mean look they're not allowed to share anything anymore and with as much wanna... politically correct culture that is out there right now, they probably would want to make sure everybody would have to have a Valentine from everyone. Yeah. No excluding any anybody. I mean, that was part of it, right? Like I don't I think Did you give one to everyone I in your class so. when you were a kid? I think. There's a kid named Harvey Venia in my class. <laughs> he did not get a lot of Valentines. Oh, and I always Harvey. felt bad for Harvey. Um, he probably like ha- is like a huge deal in Silicon Success. Valley now. See, that's what we're that's what we're forgetting. It drives you. Yes, having a miserable childhood can be very beneficial to your future. <laughs> the innovators of this world can be very productive. Watch that Eric Clapton documentary on Showtime. If he didn't have an awful, terrible mom, he might not have ever got the blues. Hey, Tanya Harding. <laughs> Another horrible although, mom. Although, all right, maybe not, maybe not the best example. Well, maybe Tanya Harding. <laughs> but great artists, great visionaries, men who felt like they had something to prove. For, I'm gonna prove you all wrong. Yeah, I'm worthy. That's right, Harvey Vina, who didn't get his Valentine from Julie Meyer. Oh, and then in high school, you could order um, cupcakes. To send. Really? 
Yeah, like the school would make cupcakes, and you could say, oh, I'm going to send this to oh, that's pretty cool. Matt that's in nice. seventh period. I went to uh, an all-dudes school. Uh, <laughs> How did that go? I got a lot from the priests. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> Pancakes. They offered to make Freeze me eggs, broke. too. I didn't even know what that meant. Uh, scramble the eggs? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that was all about. But it is, uh, it's the day before Valentine's Day. It's Galentine's Day on the show Parks and Rec. A lot of girls are doing that now. Melissa McCarthy has a story that about that in the Post-Gazette today. Galentine's Day is when you get together with the gals. Oh, do a little brunching. Wish I had known that. Yeah. little. Yeah. Why don't you could, there's still time to brunch. You could call your, your pals and do yeah. a Galentine's Day thing. And then it devolves into a drunken, you know, day. It's like a day yeah. drinking event. Well, that's that's okay. Tough to do on a Tuesday. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, Bill is out today. He is uh, his family. The, they got bit with the bug. Yes. So he's uh, he's doing dad duty. Um, and Valerie, you've got the news for us right now, and uh, there's uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 18 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. Nearly 95% of the votes cast by members of the Pittsburgh Federation of Teachers support leadership calling a strike. Teachers and staff have been working without a contract since June 30th of last year. The union board will meet Thursday evening and discuss a strike vote. All-day negotiations with Pittsburgh school district officials are set for Friday. Teachers would have to give 48 hours notice that they do intend to strike Pittsburgh school district teachers haven't gone on strike in nearly 40 years. Former White House aide and reality TV star Amarosa once again making news and speaking up about her one-time associates in the White House on Celebrity Big Brother. This time her target was Mike Pence. Can I just say this? As bad as y'all think Trump is, you would be worried about Pence. So everybody that's wishing for impeachment no, 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 no. might want to reconsider their life. Absolutely. <laughs> we would be begging for days of Trump back if Pence became president. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He's extreme. I'm Christian. I love Jesus. But he thinks Jesus tells him to say things. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus ain't say that. All right, she's an idiot. We need to stop listening to her. Omarosa should not be allowed. It was so irresponsible of them to put her on this show, although it does highlight how they only put the best people in the White House, like (laughs) Omarosa. But shut up, Omarosa. I agree with you 100%, but still, (laughs) I don't want to hear it from you. You have lost the right. I never cared what she had to say. Failing at being a part of the Trump White House doesn't make me want to hear any more. Yeah, well, that's why I'm not sure if I believe that she legitimately thinks this stuff. She's no. a, she's a reality TV star, so she knows how to create drama. I look, you know, if you don't like what Mike Pence's agenda would be, yes, he would be much more effective in actually implementing change. I mean, he probably reads things. <laughs> Instead of having Jared read them out loud and cherry pick what he, you know, what he wants to convey parts. to you, but Omarosa needs to go away. Like well, screw CBS to. for putting her on that show. Doesn't it drive you crazy to it's, hear her? It's it's the world we live in now. We're doomed. It is Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's it's why Black I Mirror. will not watch the show, even it, though you keep trying to get me to watch it. Well, I want you to see things through the miserable lens that I have to look at them now <laughs> after having watched Black Mirror, because it's all I can see. No, my, it, I'm already tainted enough. It's so depressing. <laughs> yeah, it makes you it to. makes you so depressed. And you're like, oh, my God, we're there.
Candy hearts on a much lighter note. Yeah. Uh, the most popular Valentine's Day candy nationwide. They Chocolate suck. or no, ju- you mean those no. little sweet yeah. tart things? Yeah. Candystore.com claims its recent survey indicates over 10% of Americans bought candy hearts last Valentine's, whereas just below that number purchased heart-shaped boxes of chocolate. You know, look, you can't go wrong with Sarah's chocolate, I, uh, anything. Just go anything. get Sarah's chocolate. Yeah, Even yeah. if you don't like the person, just... <laughs> just buy it for yourself. Buy it for yourself. <laughs> uh, the... the the Pepto Bismolic hearts. Yeah. I hate those. If they had actual Pepto Bismolic <laughs> qualities, <laughs> then I probably would like them more. Oh, those chalky hearts. <laughs> those I, things that look so like you gross. could write your name on the sidewalk with. Yeah. Yeah. No, and they have fan. Be Mine written on them. Ugh. Right. Ugh. Yeah, they, uh, they got a weird taste to them. Yeah. Like those are going to give us cancer, right? <laughs> We're going to find out those are big carcinogens. Uh, the online candy retailer believes candy heart sales will be even bigger this year and will continue to deviate from the normal box of chocolates. Vodka-infused candy hearts became trendy for the first time last year. Yeah. Those candy hearts, the material they they make the candy hearts out of, whatever the ingredients are, I'm pretty sure that's the same stuff you drink before you get a colonoscopy. <laughs> might, might be. I, I think... <laughs> Just poured a little water. And I'm pretty stir it sure up. that's you have to the, the day before a colonoscopy. You gotta <laughs> Let them melt. Pound 16 ounces of <laughs> candy, heart. candy heart fluid. A new survey has found 85 percent of women say they watch porn at work. That means you do. <laughs> Only if I'm forced to. You mean uh, some other? Nobody women... forces you. To, well, forced. You're right. You know, surprises me. Occasionally, somebody will be looking at something, and you'll walk by. Right. Yeah, not forcing. Um, Some other results of the survey, 18% of people have been caught watching porn at work. (laughs) And 28% caught somebody else watching it, which is an uncomfortable. How would you ever look at that person the same way again? Like, what kind of animal are you that you need to look at porn at work? Well, don't. I think there are probably guys who work together who would be like, are you watching porn again? Like, it wouldn't be a big deal. Okay. Yeah, if it was like a bunch of dudes on a work site or something like that, and someone was like looking at something on their Even phone in and they're an laughing. Office. I don't know, man. Like, I bet there are grunty guys in the grunty. office. Grunty. <laughs> if somebody's grunting and watching porn, there is absolutely no job that they're qualified <laughs> to be in an office for. You want to bet? What? <laughs> are there people grunting here after I leave? Are there grunting porn watchers in the office? Uh, 10% watch at least once a day, 4% watch multiple times a day. <laughs> Porn's wrong with you. I'm scared of porn because porn, you don't want porn brain. Porn brain's a bad thing. It ruins your sex life. It totally ruins your sex life it, and your expectation. I read this thing last week about high schoolers. It was a huge, uh, actually it was written by a, a professor from, from Pitt and it was in the New York times and it was all about high schoolers attitudes towards sex and how it is completely uh uh informed by porn warped and so they that's those these are the relationships they're having they are trying to emulate what they're seeing in porn now that may not sound like a new and revelatory that's why i didn't read the article i'm like yeah no kidding oh you saw that one i saw the headline but i was like right no but do you know how bad porn is now? Like, not that it's not that there was ever any loving missionary love happening uh, in a (laughs) porn. That's not porn. No, no, that's no. (laughs) That's like a movie on HBO. Right. That's probably like uh, something in your health class. That's the notebook. 
Right. The, but the, 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 oh my gosh, the stuff they're doing and the things that they think are okay to try and pull off. What I'm saying is they're doing Olympic type of maneuvers, Val, and I they mean, really should just be training. I, <laughs> I guess if you can find somebody who's into that. Well, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that all plays into it too. There's questions as to, you know, the expectation, like, you know, girls think, oh, well, this is just this it. This is how sex this is. is. This is, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have to be. 57% have enjoyed their own company while watching porn at work. Oh, my God. The most common place is the bathroom, but 16% have done it at their desk, and 15% have done it in an empty office or conference room. I have no doubt people have done that here. There's oh, a lot of sure. times where people are alone in the building here. Yeah. There's like one person overnight. Yep. Weekends. Weekenders. Oh, there's no doubt. <laughs> We should have more Clorox wipes. I was just going to say, like, thank God we have those. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get like that, the uh, Sam's Club size. <laughs> That's where I get them, Costco. There you go. Uh, I'm not too sure if this story is a warning about taking your phone into the bathroom or a warning about your diet. A Chinese man who spent 30 minutes on the toilet while playing video games on his cell phone must have been uh, either really into the game or, like I said, really had a bad diet because... He didn't notice his rectum had fallen out. Prolapse. Yep. The guy stood up and noticed a ball-sized mass that had slipped out of his backside and was hanging loose. He went to the hospital and was diagnosed with a severe case of rectal prolapse. In other words, his rectum became detached from his large intestine. That's not good. <laughs> no. Uh, doctors say it was likely caused by extreme pushing or straining. He did tell doctors he'd been having trouble going to the bathroom. Why is that? That doesn't sound like... I think that happens a lot. Really? Yeah. Like to, Then we need to change our to diet. To older people. Really? Yeah, I didn't know if there was going to be like in it... Part of, of that story is like... And then he went out and saved a baby from a, <laughs> nope. from a bus. Just the other rectal part just, prolapse. Yeah, it's not good. There's like commercials for it. Really? Yeah. I've never seen a rectal prolapse commercial. Oh, <laughs> there is. There's transvaginal mesh. What? Or is that the... Group that sings what Christmas channel, songs with rock music. That's it. Oh. What channels are you watching? It's on like Fox News. <laughs> oh, it is. Eat some apples. Is that what it is? Yeah, Just keep eat, the doctor away. Eat some apples. You don't want Good fiber. Pushing's the problem. Don't yeah. Do, don't be pushing. Just Take care let, of business. Let it happen. Let nature take its course. Well, that guy apparently, he was on there for a half hour. Apparently, the, nature it, was not taking its oh, course. Oh, no. It, 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 it's gravity. <laughs> Maybe he needs a squatty potty. You can't open the hatch doors there and not expect stuff to fall out of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Eventually. You gotta, <laughs> gotta shore that up. In music news, uh, Paul McCartney said to receive Israel's prestigious Wolf Prize at a ceremony to be held in May and announcing its winners for 2018. The Wolf Foundation said yesterday that McCartney is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Each year, the foundation, which also awards laureates in the fields of chemistry, mathematics, and physics, uh, they award $100,000 in prizes in five fields. It's yet to be determined whether the former Beatle and current Rock and Roll Hall of Famer will attend in person to receive his award. 
Judas Priest announced yesterday that guitarist Glenn Tipton has Parkinson's disease. The band said in a statement that Tipton was originally diagnosed 10 years ago and that it hasn't impacted his playing until recently. He will not be performing on the band's upcoming tour and asked producer Andy Sneap to fill in on guitar. Tipton said, quote, I want everyone to know that it's vital that the Judas Priest tour go ahead and that I am not leaving the band. It's simply that my role has changed. I don't rule out the chance to go on stage as when I feel able to as and when I feel able to blast out some priest. So at some point in the not too distant future, I'm really looking forward to seeing all of you wonderful metal maniacs once again. End quote. Uh, Judas Priest's Firepower Tour starts March 13th in Wilkes-Barre. I love Judas Priest. That it was the anniversary of uh, not British Steel. Oh gosh, what was the other one? Screaming for Vengeance. Mm-mm. Is that Earlier. the album? I don't know. I was I, never a Judas Priest fan. Really? No. Was it Steel Pulse? Is that the name of it? Sure. Uh, two really old guys have died. Legendary <laughs> crooner Vic Damone, dead at the age of 89. Prolapsed rectum. <laughs> His family told Fox News he died Sunday in a Miami Beach hospital surrounded by several close relatives. And legendary comic Marty Allen has died. The 95-year-old died in Vegas due to complications of pneumonia. Pittsburgher. Did we interview him once, or yes. you interviewed him once? Uh-huh. I thought we, we, you had him once. Yeah, ago. he's legendary, man. He's Yeah, he's from Pittsburgh. But I would guess very few people under the age of 50 have ever heard of either one of those people. So, no. Cloudy and warmer, 40 degrees for the high today. It's 19 degrees at DB. Have you seen this story, what's going on with, uh, with, with Ross Ventrone's dad? Remember Ross Ventrone used to pay, play for the Steelers. Steelers? His dad, Ray Ventrone, is going to jail. He was a former business manager of Boilermakers Local 154. He stole $1.5 million from the union since 2010. Here's the thing. That's a lot. First of all, I think that's scumbag territory. You know, unions are so important. And Mm -hmm. when you undermine the importance of a union, you're you're just making it easier for these rich bastards to tell you you don't need it in the first place because the union's just going to rip you off when it's it's super important it's part of the fabric of the city this, of pittsburgh yeah, this it helped build sure. this city and it drives me crazy when we're i see union members we are proud union members my and mom it, and dad were both union members that's right so i hate when i see stuff like that it makes my skin crawl but here's the thing that, that this guy did he stole all this money and he spent it Basically at Best Buy. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the entire, he spent it all at Best Buy. He spent $970,000 d- at that Best po- Buy. How is that possible? He says some of the money was used for laptops for the union. Okay. All right. Fine. Much of it was spent on DVDs and other merchandise for his own house. DVDs? DVDs? Get a Netflix subscription. My God. You could buy every DVD ever made. He had special shelving installed at his house to hold his massive collection of DVDs. Maybe he did buy every DVD ever made. What is he doing? (laughs) He spent $105,000 at the Apple store. Okay. Now, granted, that is. I see how that's possible. That is very possible. That's That's basically an iPhone and like a long charger cable. Couple computers, yeah. Yeah. $527,000. Half a million dollars. He spent on purses from Louis Vuitton. Wow. I know they're expensive, but that still seems like a lot of purses. $200,000 at restoration hardware. Yeah, you could probably do that. That's like that. a throw pillow, uh, yeah, a blanket. Yeah, you could probably do that pretty easily. And a snotty look from <laughs> some, somebody working there. Um, 
$10,000 on eyeglasses. Come on. Isn't that, I mean, don't they have an ITK right next to the Boilermakers Union on Banksville Road? <laughs> you just walk over there and get a BOGO. $26,000 for concrete work. Yeah, that's part of just being Italian. You'd probably do that, yeah. $38,000 on drums from Drum World. Wow. Holy. Who's going on tour? Dude, this guy <laughs> has been drumming along to DVDs. <laughs> In his house, to the tune of $1.5 million. <laughs> he spent $9,000 on his kitchen. Of all of those, you only spent nine grand yeah, on your kitchen. Why not splurge for the kitchen? Yeah, really. That's a low-end kitchen. Now, part of his defense was that he suffers from anxiety, depression, and obsessive-compulsive disorder. Ah, yes. Uh, sounds like he's compulsively spending money. How is that an issue? I don't know. Like, uh, Your Honor, I'm a nervous person. I had to steal the $1.5 million. <laughs> Sometimes I get sad. And I like to I do things over and over again. I spend money when I'm nervous. It felt good to spend money. Of course it did. Especially when it wasn't yours. Then he had all of these people like speak on his behalf. He did build. He built a private gym for Ross, his son, who played for the Steelers and the Patriots for, for a period of time. I mean, was he sentenced? Is that is that what this article? Is yeah, about? he got forty-one months in prison. He was hoping to only get two years, but he ended up getting forty-one months. Uh, and they used to have checks and balances there, where you had to have somebody else sign off on any purchase over five thousand dollars. But that kind of eroded over time because he was kind of like the strong man figure, authoritarian, and people mm-hmm. were kind of like, "Hey, you know, let's let him just do whatever." Uh, so there you go. One point five million dollars he stole from the union and basically spent it all at Best Buy. <laughs> it's like I wish it detailed what he bought. We, I would love to know. He bought so much merchandise the FBI needed seven moving trucks to haul it away to an auction house. <laughs> I we I, when that auction happens, we got to look through oh. the uh, the inventory of it. Because I got to see what movies he was dying to buy that he had to steal from the union so that he could get, you know, Dolphin Tail 2. How do we get in on those auctions? Do we know anybody? I don't know. Joe, figure out how to do that. $2.5 million in restitution he's going to have to pay. Uh, Ross, for his part, his son, uh, was very upset and said through tears, his pappy worked multiple jobs to provide for the family and helped anyone in need without expecting a payback. My dad's the hardest working and most giving person I know. I'm just proud to be his son. Well, that's got to be tough for Ross. That's got to be tough. But it's even tougher for all those union members that that guy defrauded. Mm-hmm. That's from uh, Torstenov's uh, story in the Post-Gazette today. 900 grand at Best Buy. And then who was he buying all those purses for? Right. Well, you have to carry the DVDs and something, I guess. <laughs> Uh, DV Mario will talk about, did you see Jimmy Pack is the coach of the South yes. Korean hockey team? Yep. Well, that has uh, Mario perplexed. We'll talk with him. Mike's got your sports when we return. want to remind you, Friday night, Brett Kiesel's eighth annual Sheer to Beard. It's happening at Jurgles Rhythm Grill. Special guest, Phil Bork. Performances by Chris Jamison, Donnie Iris. Doors are at 6 o'clock. The shaving starts at 7. Be there before 7. You don't want to miss the shaving. Ticket info, dve.com. I'll be the MC for the evening once again. All the proceeds benefit Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh's uh, cancer programs. This is a great event. It is an awesome one to fill up your, your Instagram, your social media profile with hilarious pictures of famous Steelers shaving Brett Kiesel. You don't want to miss it. Join us Friday night, DVE. DVE.
Yeah, Mike Pursuta's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Pens and the Sens tonight. Pens and the Sens tonight. We'll get to them in a minute. I want to lead with uh, Olympic hockey this hour. Because Team USA plays tomorrow. Mm-hmm. First game against Slovenia. And who knows what's going to happen in this tournament. Because the NHL guys aren't playing. Which means uh, not only is it not the best players in the world. It's a bunch of guys that are relative unknowns. ESPN recently did an article speculating what the U.S. team might have looked like had the NHL still been participating in these Olympics. The first line would have been Austin Matthews centering Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Kane. The fourth line would have been Ryan Kessler centering Pine Richland's Brandon Saad and T.J. Oshie. T.J. Oshie would have been a fourth liner. That's how good the American team could have could been. Have been. But it's not going to happen. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, a relatively anonymous group in its place. The head coach, Tony Granato, talked on a conference call before the Olympics about another relatively anonymous Team USA. The 1980 group said Granato, quote, I didn't know who Jim Craig was or Jack O'Callaghan. I had no idea. Kenny Morrow, I had no idea. And within two days, I was doing a lot of research to figure out who all these guys were, and within two weeks, they were obviously all my heroes. So maybe uh, that'll happen this time. Tony Granato uh, is in Korea leading Team USA into the Olympics, and he thinks this is a team that, uh, dare I say, might make America great again. We picked as a staff 25 players that we believe in, that we're confident in, that are coming here to play well and make the American people proud of what they see. 25 players, 17 of them are playing professionally in Europe, either in the KHL in Russia, in Sweden, in Germany, in the Czech Republic. Three guys in the AHL, four guys who are currently college players, and uh, one retired player, the captain, Brian Gianta. Isn't it a little bit easier to root for the the amateurs or the semi-pro, or I guess that's not the way to say it, but you know what I'm saying. Guess I'm about to find out. I don't know. I, um, if for the, if for no other reason than what we were talking about last hour, where you know, as a Pens fan, you won't be like, "Oh, that stinking Flyer screwed up." You know, I hate the Flyers, and you're forced to root for guys that you are normally rooting against. Yes, yeah, so this absolves had, you from any of that. I never had that problem with the the NHL guys. You're a rarity, though. I guess uh, two reasons. I don't really root against anybody professionally because of my job, and I don't really root for anybody either, except when they're wearing the red, white, and blue. And I, I looked you know, at it just on to me. That's why you're part of why your jingoism is uh, it flared fully during these uh, types of events because you get to be a fan. Yeah, no question. That's why I'm a little obsessive about Michigan State. Okay, that I get to be a fan in okay. those instances. Right, but Canada is such a superpower and, and such a gold standard. I always considered that that would have been such a great accomplishment for the U.S. to beat. Canada and the international tournament. I didn't really care who was doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I root for Michigan guys when they're, you know, Max Pacioretty, when he's playing for Team USA, I'm a big Max Pacioretty fan. Gotcha. I don't usually root for Michigan guys. Right. Um, Just like when we beat Scotland in golf. It's very gratifying. Well, yeah. I, it's a little more so would have been if, <laughs> if we'd uh, gotten them in hockey. But uh, I mentioned Tony Granados, the head coach. He is a former Penguins assistant. Good guy. Uh, under Dan Bob's. A great guy. He is. Um, he could be Edzo's brother. Yeah. They are uh, gregarious guys. Uh, they love to talk. Everybody loves and respects them. Uh, 
they're just the kind of people you like to be around. Uh, if you're not real familiar with Tony Granato, I suspect you're really going to like him when you listen to him talk after these games. Uh, one of his assistant coaches is Scott Young, who played on the Penguins' 1991 Stanley Cup championship team. Uh, 43 regular season games and 17 games in the playoffs. Uh, three players with Penguins ties. Remember Mark Arcabello? No. Well, good reason. Uh, 139 career NHL games, 10 with the Penguins in 2014-2015. You recall that was the se- the first, first and only full season of Mike Johnston. Then the next year, Johnston ended up getting fired for uh, Mike Sullivan. Uh, Mark Arcabello, two assists with the Penguins in 10 games that season. Chris Bork, son of Ray Bork. Yes. Chris is a really good AHL player. Uh, 51 career NHL games. Uh, tw- 20 of those with the Penguins in 2009-2010. He had three assists in those 20 games. Chris Bork ain't Ray Bork. He ain't even Phil Bork. Yeah, but he's not like Crash but, Davis. He only but, played how many games? 51? In the NHL. He's a really good minor, like Crash Davis. decorated minor league player. Okay. Uh, and then there's uh, defenseman Noah Welsh, who was a former second-round pick of the Penguins in 2001. He made his NHL debut with the Pens five games in 2005-2006. Then he played 22 in 2006-2007 career. Two goals, four assists, seven or uh, six points. The 2005-2006 Penguins, this, this puts a little stamp on the the timeline here. Noah Welsh is playing for the U.S. Olympic team. When he broke into the NHL in 2005-2006, Sidney Crosby was an 18-year-old. This, oh, wow. this was the season that uh, Eddie Olchick started as the coach and they transitioned to Mike Tarion. Some of the guys on that uh, 2005-2006 Penguins team, Sergey Gonchar, Mark Recchi, John LeClaire, Ryan Malone, Ziggy Palfi, Colby Armstrong, Ryan Whitney, Mario Lemieux for 26 games. Brooks Orpik, Dick Tarnstrom, Max Talbot, Lyle Odeline, and Mark Andre Fleury. Cornelius. They went 22, 46, and 14. But it got better. Well, the Olympic team has always had a penguin correlation to always. some degree because, I mean, Craig Patrick playing into that. Before or after the fact. Yeah, Herb Brooks ended up coaching the Penguins. But because of Craig Patrick, don't you think that that was the connection there? Herb's involvement yes. with, with this organization. Yes. So I'm saying it all stem. Craig Patrick was yeah. really the link, is my yeah. point. And uh, who's the guy? Uh, Noah, what's the actor's name? I can't remember his last name. He played Craig Patrick in Miracle. Oh, uh, Noah, uh, I know what you're talking He's about. in Homeland. Yeah. Um, Can't remember. Good character actor. Yeah. Did a pretty good Craig Patrick, I thought. Is he Mirror. from Pittsburgh or something? No. Just bringing that up just, for that played for, of nothing? Well, you brought up Craig Patrick, so uh-huh. I'm mentioning all the people who played <laughs> Craig Patrick in movies. <laughs> okay, all right. Noah, <laughs> some last name I can't remember. Fair enough. It's just, It'll get tweeted at us 900 times. I right hope now. so, yeah. Um, if Joe, if Joe, are, if producer Joe wasn't so busy. He's, he, th- he's thinking up more good one-liners. That's That's... that's that's what it is. It's his job. He's got stuff going on back there. The first game is against Slovenia uh-huh. tomorrow, All right. Friday. Melania's country. That's I mean, it's a house divided tomorrow, right? Trump versus Melania. Friday, Slovakia, and then Saturday morning, OAR is how they listed on the schedule. Right. Uh, Olympic athletes from Russia. 
U.S. has won uh, eight silver medals in its Olympic history, two gold medals. And you also can't forget the 1996 World Cup of Hockey. We won that. That was basically a world championship tournament. Noah Emmerich. Noah Emmerich, that's it. Good actor. Barney Rubble. Noah Emmerich, what an actor. Pens are playing the Senators tonight. 7 o'clock on your Pens flagship, 105.9 The X. Sidney Crosby's uh, next milestone. Uh, he's got 19 goals on the season after the two on Sunday in mm-hmm. St. Louis. His next one would be number 20. That would be the 11th time he has scored 20 goals in a season. Only Mario Lemieux with 12 and Yarmer Yager with 11 have uh, scored 20 goals with the Pens that many times. So, uh, fortuitous, you're talking about Olympic hockey here because we're, we're going to talk to D.V. Mario here when we come back. Jimmy Pack, the coach of the South Korean team, they won the IIHF or whatever that was. The IIHF, is that what it was? International Ice Hockey Federation. Yeah, so it was double IHF. Yeah. Uh, and now, uh, big players on the national stage, international stage once again. But we've always come to know D.V. Mario as having Jimmy Pack by his side. This is a very confusing scenario. Yeah. Greatest nickname of all time, by the way. Bobby Oriental? Yeah. Pretty good one. <laughs> Ballad's News, top of the hour. We're going to talk about some places you can get free food for Valentine's Day. All right. And uh, don't forget, Polar Plunge, Saturday, the 24th Heinz Field. It's benefiting Special Olympics of Pennsylvania, uh, specifically Western Pennsylvania. We're going to be jumping in the river in February, freezing for a reason. Western uh, PA law enforcement all comes together for this one. It is a blast. It's an all-day affair. It's actually like a two-day affair. And at 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., we'll be down at Heinz Field in the parking lots before we plunge. Join us. Get a team together. Go to SpecialOlympicsPA.org and join us for the 2018 Pittsburgh Polar Plunge. It is the DVE morning show. Olympic hockey in uh, full force right now. Well, about to be. And confusing to see Jimmy Pack named as head coach of the South Korean hockey team. Now, we had learned about this before, but it was just kind of like a head-scratcher because Mario has always referenced him as being his handyman, right-hand man, gopher, what have you, uh, and it's a little confusing. So here to shed some light on the situation, uh, DVE Mario. Mario. Hey. Hey. Uh, good morning, uh, boys. Yeah. Well, you hey. doing? Good morning. Dad's trip took three out of four. <laughs> I love good hockey, can I have some more? Oh, I, gone, yeah. gone, the damage done. Yeah. <laughs> Same huh? Neil Young. Canadian? Yeah, he's yeah. Canadian. Looks like the bumble? Yes, you yeah. Won't stop talking about his uh, pony? Not pony, pono. Oh, yes. No, it's po- <laughs> Obviously, that's a joke okay. for the comedy, and you got to have that, you know, on the DV morning show. Did you see the story about Jimmy Pack coaching the South Korean team in the Olympics? Oh, uh, well, yeah, you know, obviously, I did see that, you know, it was a bit uh, confusing, to be honest. Because isn't he like your handyman around the house? Well, you know, obviously, uh, you know, that's what I thought, you know. Uh, and the funny thing is, uh, you know, I was watching it with Jimmy Pack at the time. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Which is when I found out the very troubling news. Right. We have an imposter on our hands. Oh, my God. I mean, Mara, that is frightening. All these years, you've had an imposter working for you right there in your home. And whoa, you must still... Whoa, whoa, what? Whoa. What? How do we know which one is the imposter? Well, he's, it's the one at your house. I mean, that's... E- well, I, don't be so fast. Uh, you know, my Jimmy Pack claims the other Jimmy Pack's the imposter. Well, of course he does. And I got to tell you, that, that other one, he's got the uh, South Korean hockey team playing well. Yeah. No way to a real Jimmy Pack could do that. Uh, all right. well, I just, yeah. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. You know, just like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope, for the comedy. <laughs>
Look, I think that you need to reconsider this. <laughs> uh, well, you know, my Jimmy swears, you know, that he's, uh, he's the real Jimmy Peck, you know, and uh, I guess there's only uh, one way to settle this. What, ask him for identification? Well, no, I was thinking maybe, uh, you know, they both could kiss a Hyundai, and the last one with their lips on the Hyundai is the real Jimmy Peck. <laughs> that doesn't you know, like really, I don't, no, no, that's, something. yeah, that's like a radio thing. That's not, that doesn't, there's no determining factor there. You know, I don't know what to do. I, I bet. You know, it's like that Spider-Man meme. Two Jimmy Packs pointing at each other, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, until we get down to, uh, and figure it out for sure and get a blood test or something, I put mm-hmm. a sticker on the forehead of my Jimmy. Oh, that's good. You know, just to be sure which one's which. Yeah, all right. Well, um, until we figure it out, we still got to worry about the, the, the pens. Pens and cents tonight. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's go, Ben. Okay. Get out of the fast lane, Arnold Slick, and beat him like a runner moose. I think you got a couple of those langisms uh, mixed up there. Yeah, that was a joke for the comedy. Oh, you know, okay. the TV morning show, right. you know. You got to top that. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, yeah. Burkle told me to tell you. What? He's watching you. Oh, the Tom Brady He's thing? You. Yeah. I'm doing the eyes thing with two fingers right yeah. now. Yeah. Burkle's eyes. Click, click. They're watching you. Wow. Click, yeah. click. They see your every move. You're singing a lot. All out, huh? Yeah. Love, uh, I'm a love oats. Yeah, you like you oats? Know? Yeah. Little guy, like yeah. Robbie Brown. Yeah, that's right. All right, see you, Mario. <laughs> Boy, that Eric Clapton documentary on Showtime is just, it's so dark. Yeah, I was going to watch it yesterday on in demand or on demand, and then I just got busy and I couldn't. I think it's necessary watching. It's one I definitely want to see. Yeah. I think it will confuse a lot of people because they didn't know all this stuff about Eric Clapton. And I'm glad they kept in. There was this famous show he did where he he went on this like racist tirade. That was in Ohio, wasn't it? Wasn't it somewhere in Ohio? Why no, do I think no it was Elvis like Costello did a. a oh, okay. He had a racist outbreak in Ohio. <laughs> he started calling Ray Charles the end bomb or something when he was drunk and got Jeez. beat up or something. Um, no, but Clapton's, I believe, was in England and he was basically talking about, like, you know, we got, you know, make uh, England white again. Mm-hmm. And he says in the documentary, and he was a total drunk at the time, but in, and depressive and just a mess. And he basically says, he's like, I was fascistic at the time. Mm-hmm. He said I was a semi-racist, which isn't true. He's a full-on racist. I mean, listen to what he was saying. Yeah. And and then he said I was fascistic. He's just drunk and miserable and fatalistic, and it just was like hated everybody. hated everybody. And then was able to sort of step back and realize, like, wait a minute, all of the artists that I have revered and worshipped my whole life, I just let them all down. By saying all this stupid stuff, mm-hmm. and he ma- he said he made amends to all of them, and it's hard to uh, argue that that's the case b- because the Crossroads Festival alone, what he was able to do to bring awareness to the blues and to help mm-hmm. so many artists through the years. I mean, he totally revived BB King's career. He gave BB King like they gave him slots on those shows in the like late '60s when he came to America. He was putting BB King back on the map with like white audiences Mm -hmm. and made the blues like much of that whole sort of British invasion blues rediscovery, like made people seek out the source of it. So he did a whole lot, but boy, that was a huge setback for him. And it was interesting to see him address it. He just seems still to me, even though he's got like a family, like his third family. Yeah. That's the other thing. How do all these people have all these families? He has so many, he went through so many families. Um, 
But he's got like his third incarnation of a family. Of course, one ended tragically with the death of Connor, and that is that is hard to yeah, watch. Yeah, I would imagine so. Boy, I mean, the guy he's just he just had a lot of suffering, and the way his mom treats him. It's called Eric Clapton Life in Twelve Bars on Showtime. Mm-hmm. But his real mom, it was kind of like a Jack Nicholson situation where he his he thought his aunt was his mom, or and they told him, you know, when he's like seven, like uh, actually this is your mom, and she was a total biatch. Wow, like hated him, was involved in like was, a, a military family. Think about Eric. Was it like the product of a, an affair or something? Is that why, or was she really ne- young? It wasn't really revealed, or if it was, no. I missed it. But like Eric Clapton as a seventeen-year-old. Now think about it; he's just on the verge. Of breaking out with the Yardbirds. Yeah. And he has his guitar with him. He's got all his like mod clothes. You know, he's dressed (laughs) up and he goes like to this rural part of England where his mom is from because he's going to have a proper visit with his mom. Mm -hmm. And they make him get a crew cut and his stepbrother, uh, it's not even his his half-brother, sits on his guitar and breaks it. And they're all like, oh, you don't need that. Wow. And it wasn't like he was 12 and he was just learning. He was already yeah, kind of Eric Clapton at that point. So it's no wonder That's he horrible. was so totally screwed up. And his mom's like... Parents his, really screw up kids. Oh, yeah. Really bad. He was like... Uh, the half-brother's like, is that my brother? She's like, no. Don't call him that. <laughs> Clapton's like, what did I do? Meanwhile, this guy now is probably like, That's my brother! <laughs> hey, brother, can I get tickets to Live Aid? Blow it at you! <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely one I want to see. And the cream stuff is very weird too. It's 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 fun to see that. You know, that was just Ginger Baker and Jack Bruce hated each other. They just fought constantly, and Clapton didn't want to be a part of it. But uh, there's so I think much. Ginger good Baker stuff. fights with everybody. He does. The, He's kind of a crazy man. The miserable Mister Baker. Yeah. Um. But uh, spoiler alert: lots of drug use. They show. Wow. In the documentary, they actually show them doing drugs. Yeah, it's kind of kind of unusual. It is. How long was he in? isolation way longer than you'd think like three months three years wow like beginning of 71 to end of 73 wow and they show it like a timeline like it like how they do like in movies like the calendars flipping (laughs) off the you know the clock is and they keep showing pictures of him and he's just getting hairier and hairier and sadder looking and sadder looking but you know he emerged with some great albums. But that and then there's that great scene of the Pittsburgh concert. Yeah, where he's like, "I'm gonna have a drink," and some yinzer starts heckling him. He says, "Sit down and shut up." Yeah, <laughs> I think Clapton threatens to beat him up. I, I, there's one concert where he does that, and it may be the Pittsburgh one. He's like, "Why don't you come up here and I'll have at you?" There is no nobody ever got great at the blues being like, you know what? I had a nice life. <laughs> I'm happy. What do you got next? Uh, we're going to talk about some places you can get free food if you're a cheapo on Valentine's Day. Central Oven. It's 19 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Ivanka Trump and the head of the Small Business Administration will take part in a roundtable discussion in Mount Lebanon today. Trump and Linda McMahon will join some local elected officials and small business owners at the event at Potomac Mineral Group at 11 a.m. today. It is reported the group will discuss workforce development and the Tax Cuts and Job Acts. Oh, and she can tell people how to farm out all the work to Malaysia. (laughs) 
And campaign officials say President Donald Trump will be rallying for Rick Saccone later this month in Beaver County. Organizers say Trump will hold the free event at Ambridge Senior High School in Ambridge on February 21st. Saccone, a Republican state lawmaker, is facing Democrat Connor Lamb in a March 13th special election to succeed Republican Tim Murphy in Congress. He has one of those mustaches. Saccone. Yeah. It's, t- it's hard to get past the mustache. That's <laughs> all I see. Every time I see his face, just the mustache. Well, we all know about the lucrative endorsement deals Olympians get for winning gold. Uh, some of them anyway. But did you know the U.S. Olympic Committee gives athletes a cash prize for each winning medal? I did. Each gold medal earns an athlete $37,000. Silver gets twenty-two and a half, and uh, bronze gets 15000 Team sports have to split the earnings evenly, but individ- individuals get to keep it all. Payouts don't come from taxpayers, but rather private donors. Ladies, have you ever used the men's room because the line was too long in the ladies' room? I hate when you do that. <laughs> I would never do it. 50% uh, say they have gone to the men's room because they didn't want to wait in a really long ladies' room line. And they also found 86% of women say they've peed somewhere other than in a bathroom. The most common other place is the bushes. Um, yeah, there's a, it, there's always those like two drunk girls who decide they're going in as a team. Yeah. And they like, we're coming in, the line's too long. And they're like giggling and everything. And I always just, I, I, I always... Cringe because I know how badly that can turn out for them. Not even from like you're with a bunch of dudes now, you know, who are taking off their pants. Mostly from like a, you don't understand how gross (laughs) the area you've just wandered into is. What happens? You really need to tread lightly, and if you're not experienced in going into that, you know, you need kind of like almost to have a hazmat suit mentality going into those stalls. Ah. And then the like at a Steeler game, girls will do it, and they'll like two of them will like blow into this. Exactly what I was imagining in my head. Yeah. And there's like there's there's puke and oh. there's a couple blowout scenarios that have happened there. <laughs> you have to be very careful. That's why it's a bad thing to, especially in a winter game, cold weather game. Oh, yeah. You don't want to drink a lot because you got you got to take all that stuff off. You know what though? In and all then honesty, it takes even longer. But now they have gear that is so warm that it's like you don't I need don't to have it. like the you know Michelin Man layers on. I don't trust it. You don't? Nope. Uh, that stuff works pretty good. <laughs> I don't believe it. I was just in a store the other day, and they had one of those real thin winter coats. Yeah. Ah, it's supposed to keep you warm to 20 below zero. Don't believe it. I have one. It's amazing. I don't trust it. Why not? Because I'm cold all the time. You and really I, are. I don't believe that something that flimsy. What's it made out of? Science. Val wears like huge sweaters and scarves in this studio every day. The sun is literally beating on your back right now. And you just told me you were cold. It was freezing in here a little bit ago. (laughs) You are cold all the time. This is a Val thing. I need some iron. Is that what it is? I don't know, but I got to try something. I don't know. Maybe one of those guys grunting in the office has some iron pills (laughs) in their desk. Well, I know how you feel about this, Randy. A new survey found only 34% of people say they feel comfortable walking around totally naked in the locker room at the gym. I guess they all that all that 34% is there when you are. I would say 7 out of my 7 out of 10 times I go to the gym, I see a dude just walking around naked who doesn't need to be. Men twice as likely as women to say they're okay with it. I don't know. If you come out of the shower, I get that it hangs over your shoulders nicely, but just wrap it around your waist. Wrap it around your waist. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't. 
because dudes sit there and I don't know what it is. Is it? They a... get to a level, but mostly it's older guys. Mostly, so they just don't care. Yeah, but not old like eighty. Well, the eighty-year-old dudes do do that. <laughs> but I don't know. There's just guys who just think like. I, don't know. They li- I think they like looking at themselves naked around other guys. I think it's like a weird homoerotic thing. Because C- explain it to me any other way. I have no idea. So, I one guy's like, hey, Rand, why does that got to be gay? Why does that got to be gay? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. You're walking around naked. <laughs> I'm sitting on a bench. And you're not like being shy and like, I got to hurry up and get dressed. No, you're like you're taking up. prancing around. Yeah, you look like you're getting ready for a ball. <laughs> taking your time. Just. Drying every hair with the towel. Your junk's flapping in the breeze. <laughs> Putting your leg up on the bench. Doesn't need to happen. Uh, it happens all the time. Well, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and if you still haven't gotten your wife or girlfriend something for this very important holiday, it's not too late. You can still swing by KFC and pick up a Valentine's Day card that smells like fried chicken. The restaurant chain is offering scratch and sniff cards featuring photos of Colonel Sanders. There are four different cards to choose from. Yeah, I went to Mitchell's. That's <laughs> not going to work out. If that somebody gave that to me, I'd say, why didn't you just bring me fried chicken? Here's something instead of a that card smells that delicious. smells like fried not chicken. Not something that's delicious, but something that smells delicious. And speaking- you can do the same thing by eating a bag of, like a bucket of KFC and then dragging your hallmark through it. <laughs> that's true. It'll do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of food for Valentine's Day, there are some places where you can pick up some free grub. People uh, magazine says Qdoba will give you a burrito, a bowl, a quesadilla, or other entree for free on Valentine's Day if you kiss someone at the register. Are you serious? I don't. I hope they don't mean an employee. So if the guy who's drying himself off at the gym asked me to go to Qdoba <laughs> tomorrow, I should be wary. Yes. Uh, Waffle House will be decorating, uh, especially for the day, with tablecloths, candles, and flowers. But you should make reservations because they say this is always a big night at Waffle, uh, the Waffle House. You make reservations at the Waffle House. And only on Valentine's Day, oh, I guess. Oh, that's interesting. White Castle t- also taking reservations for their 27th annual Valentine's Day dinner, which includes tablecloths and table service. And Hooters is running the Shred Your Ex promotion again this year. You just need to shred a picture of your ex in any Hooters or do it virtually through their website, and they'll give you 10 free wings when you buy 10. I don't know how they prove that it's your ex, but you're just trying to get free wings. eh, I don't know. It's a promotion. Are you going to battle it? Are you going to battle the restaurant scene for Mm, Valentine's Day? No, we don't have plans to do it. Staying in. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I'm like... We're, we don't have kids. We do whatever we want. Right. We'll go out any night. Go out any How do you like that? We do whatever we want. All right. James Hetfield of Metallica. What are you doing for Valentine's Day, Mike? Saturday. Saturday's ah, your big night you out? Right. Yeah. yeah. Avoid the crowds. We'll decide when we celebrate Valentine's Day. Yeah, we won't tell. No card company's going to tell us when to celebrate. Absolutely not. James Hetfield of Metallica suggested his first, uh, snagged rather, his first film role where he's not playing himself. He's joined the cast of Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, a film about serial killer Ted Bundy and his longtime girlfriend, who at the time had no knowledge of his crimes. 
film's director is Joe Berlinger, who got to know Hetfield pretty well when he co-directed and produced the documentary Metallica, Some Kind of Monster. Hetfield shot his role in between Metallica dates, and he plays Bob Hayward, a Utah highway patrolman who was the first law enforcement officer to arrest Bundy in 1975 after pulling the killer over and discovering burglary tools in his car. Zac Efron stars as Bundy, while Lily Collins, who is the daughter of Phil Collins, she plays Bundy's girlfriend. Some other big names in the cast include Jim Parsons, John Malkovich, and uh, Haley Joel Osment. Uh, you know, shoot for the relationship where you're so close with your significant other that you would know if they were a mass murderer. <laughs> and finally, Daniel Craig is the ugliest James Bond. It's scientific. There's a thing called the Golden Ratio, which goes all the way back to ancient Greece. It's a standard of beauty based on the distances between your nose, your mouth, your eyes, and your eyebrows. So someone applied the Golden Ratio to all the actors who played James Bond. Daniel Craig came out sixth out of six. Uh, He's ugly. Sean Connery, number one. That's right. I still am. Roger Moore was second, followed by Timothy Dalton. Pierce Brosnan and George Laz- Lazenby, Lazenby. George Lazenby. It was the first one, right? Only played he was James a traitor. one time. I think he was the first one. I think he was the second one. I think he did, they did Dr. No and then they did another one. Wasn't Casino Royale technically the first one, but it was like a weird comedy? Yeah, maybe. I, La- Lazenby did the one with Telly Savalas. Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mountain, yeah. A bunch of hot chicks that really narrows it down. The problem with Sean Connery's <laughs> legacy is that he did so, you know, all those Bond movies and everything. Well, there's a, there's a bunch of problems with his legacy. The Barbara Walters interview, chief among them, yeah, where she's like, "You once said you uh, think it's okay to hit a woman." He's like, "That's right," and I still feel that way. <laughs> and it's like totally shocking. He's unapologetic about it. But every time you Google image Sean Connery. None of the handsome pictures of Sean Connery come up. It's always him in that one crazy outfit where he's like, he looks like he's in Mad Max. Oh, yeah. And he's like it's shirtless. Like some... Oh, that's not the picture I'm thinking of then. I'll tell you what, he might have more chest hair than Burt Reynolds. It's a, it's a toss-up. For a guy that's who went balding on top, he had he had torso hair. He had Jerry <laughs> Lawler level torso hair. <laughs> Would you agree that uh, Daniel Craig could probably kick all their asses? He's uh, in their heyday, I think he's stronger because of modern sort of workout yeah. techniques. You know, those guys get so ripped so you know so quickly, and they're they're more efficient with it. But uh, he's probably juicing. D- the biggest pansy was Roger Moore. It's not even yes. cl- not even not close. Even close. I mean, <laughs> b- body fat on Roger Moore was ridiculous. He was terrible at that. I can't believe he made as many. Movies. He was good and charming and funny, but he just wasn't <laughs> tough. He did the he did the uh, charming and yeah. the funny stuff. Okay, but he was terrible. And he always had a tiny gun. You know, he, he like Hey-o. he ran dainty. He was dainty 007. Sean Connery versus Daniel Craig, mano and mano, at the same age, same era. If there was a video game, it would yeah. be close. Connery Daniel, would have the reach. I think the Daniel Craig movies are the best, and it's not even close, but I have such a nostalgia for the old ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They that, are very good. That, that I love them, but yeah. the Daniel Craig ones are, are some of the best action movies I've ever seen. I, I didn't expect to like them as much as I did, and I was blown away by them. Four Stories cats. are a little more uh, in-depth, too, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it's more than one evil guy with a yeah. pet. He's going to blow up the whole world. <laughs> you got to stop him. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some, some layers now. And they never just, yeah, in every one of those, he ended up in their lair. And, you know, and he was in the, <laughs> in the old movies. He's always, like, in the, 
in the evil person's like warehouse trying to get out, which is sort of contrived at best. A little bit warmer today, going to be about 40 for the high. It's 22 at DVE. Uh, far be it for me to tell you to listen to something else, but I'm not naive. I know people listen to the podcast because who doesn't love listening to the podcast? One I have uh, just about finished is the Slate.com podcast on Watergate. It's called Slow Burn, and it's kind of all the rave. Kind of like, remember when Serial was like that? Serial mm-hmm. was very good. This is equally as good. And I think it's an important thing to listen to, particularly if you're going out of your mind a little bit <laughs> with what's happening in the world. Because it, for some reason, gives you comfort, cold though it may be, to know that it has been bad before. Crazy, seemingly going off the rails all the time with changeover and turnover happening Chaos. at the federal level uh, to the same degree. And it's really well done. And you'll learn a bunch of stuff. I didn't know a whole bunch of things. Like John Mitchell's wife. I mean, this woman, she was like a drinking uh, gab kind of lady gossiper in Washington. She was about to blow the whole thing wide open right away. And the CIA went in and they drugged her. (laughs) (laughs) They put a needle in her butt and knocked her out. Because she was calling uh, Helen Friedman. You know, that's like the first five minutes of this podcast. Wow. And then it just goes through the whole process. It's really, really interesting. Uh, and I felt like the James Baldwin documentary was also illuminating in that way. Like, oh, 50 years ago, things were really insane. And it, it gives you hope that maybe we'll be back to that uh, not so insane part in the not so distant future. But who knows? Yeah. And what do I know? Probably not. Uh, no, but it's well done. As a student of history, as I know you are, I think I you, you would love it. So Documented student of history. Yes. Is your degree in history? I have a dual major, yeah. Really? You majored in dueling? <laughs> I won every time. Awesome. What do you got uh, to tell the people about the Flyers? Well, I got to tell you, Valentine's Day tomorrow <laughs> yeah. It's tomorrow, in case you didn't know. That means you are almost out of time. Almost, but not quite. You can still make the play that saves the day, Randall. You can still skate the length of the ice and hit the net before the clock expires. You can still make that buzzer beating three. You can still throw up a Hail Mary and have it come down a Valentine's Day touchdown. You can do all that thanks to Pro Flowers, but you have to act now. Pro Flowers Roses are always a hit on Valentine's Day. They make the statement you want to make. They are the gift she wants to receive. They're a Valentine's Day classic at my house, even though my wife calls it Valentine's Day instead of Valentine's Day. The sentiment (laughs) is the same. You can also try something new from Pro Pro Flowers' assortment of unique bouquets and plants. And because you're listening to me right now, you can save 20% on any purchase of $29 or more by using my code MikeP. Your gift from Pro Flowers is guaranteed to stay fresh for seven days, and it's guaranteed to arrive on the delivery date of your choosing. Here's a clue. Choose tomorrow. Valentine's Day's tomorrow. Don't delay. Order today. And save that 20% on a purchase of $29 or more. Go to proflowers.com. Use the Mike P code in the special boxes at checkout and win Valentine's Day. Think inside the box this Valentine's Day. Order today from proflowers.com. Sports. Mike, we're sitting with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's happening? The Olympics are happening. Sports Insider is brought to you by ChooseNissan.com. Team USA, uh, the men's team, plays its first game tomorrow against Slovenia. 7-10 local time, so it'll be going on during the show. So I might be a little distracted. You know, it's February. It's okay, we expect you to keep us updated. We have cable here. 
It's it's February. It's the Olympics, and uh, when those uh, two things roll around in the juxtaposition that they have now, it is impossible not to think of February 1980. 28 seconds. The crowd going insane. Carlemont shooting it into the American end again. Morrow is back there. Now Johnson. 19 seconds. Johnson over to Ramsey. The legend off gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. You know, one of the greatest moments in a sports movie ever is that movie Miracle that came out a few years back about the 1980 yeah. team. And they had Al Michaels playing himself, but during their recreation of the Russian game, they morphed it into the actual broadcast audio that we just heard from the, the win over Russia. And it was so cool. Nice. And I don't know that we're in for anything as exciting as that, but uh, the men's team is playing tomorrow. Uh, 25 players on the U.S. national team for these Olympics. 17 are playing professionally in Europe, three in the AHL. Four in college, and Captain Brian Gianta came out of retirement to lead the squad. Four guys from Pennsylvania, Randall. There are 12 states represented, and surprisingly, Pennsylvania is tied with New York for the second highest representation. Both of those states have four players. Massachusetts has five, three from Michigan, two from Minnesota, and one each from Arizona, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Florida, North Carolina, and Virginia. Your uh, Pennsylvania natives playing for Team USA. Defenseman Ryan Gunderson, he's from Ben Salem, PA. Played his college hockey at Vermont. Currently, he's in Sweden. He is a former uh, ECHL All-Rookie and ECHL All-Star. And uh, he made it to the KHL All-Star game in 2015. Chad Kolarik from Abington, PA. That's my hometown. Uh, interesting guy. Played his college hockey at Michigan. He's currently in Germany. According to his Team USA bio, he spent his final three high school years at Northgate. His dad apparently got transferred. Okay. And if you Google him, there are highlights of a Chad Kolarik playing football for Northgate. I don't know if it's the same guy. But, You're going uh, down a rabbit hole. He, he's a former uh, winner of the Deutschland Cup with Team USA in 2013. And he also led the Swedish League in goals with 30 in 2013-14. Brian O'Neill, forward from... Oh, by the way, Cleric has six career NHL games with the Blue Jackets and Rangers. Brian O'Neill from Yardley, PA, and Yale. He's got 22 career NHL games with the Devils. He is also in the KHL. In 2015, Brian O'Neill was the AHL leading scorer. He was the AHL MVP, and he won the Calder Cup with the Manchester Monarchs, that's the uh, AHL championship. And then maybe uh, my favorite guy from uh, up by 79 in your hometown of Erie. Erie, PA. From your high school, Cathedral Prep. Goaltender Ryan Zapolsky. Went to college at Mercyhurst. I am sure of two things. I saw him play at Mercyhurst, and I don't remember they, seeing They probably him. played Bobby Moe, right? Yeah, I don't remember anything about him. Uh, he started his professional career in the ECHL in two years. He played for the Stockton Thunder, the Kalamazoo Wings, the Toledo Walleye, the Gwinnett Gladiators, the South Carolina Stingrays, and the Florida Everblades. 
He also played briefly Great in the game. AHL with Milwaukee and Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. Uh, these days he's in the KHL, which is a great league. The Russian league. Yeah. And he's got over 230 career games in the KHL, and he is uh, going to be your starting goaltender for Team USA. From Cathedral Prep to the Olympic Games, Randall. He w- I don't think he's the first uh, from my uh, my alma mater there. but uh, Got to be the first hockey player. Yeah, definitely. And he's a Penguins fan. There's always, there, the, the, you know, the Penguin connections to the Olympic team are uh, always abundant. That's pretty cool, though. So, wait, who was the, the mom with the terrible towel again? I don't know. It was the speed skater. The speed skater, it? yeah, okay. Is she from Pittsburgh or just a Steelers fan? Upper St. Clair, I think. <laughs> go, little buddy! And the terrible towels, and they're like waving them in the audience. Well, you know where they're from, don't you? Yeah, you do know where they're from. You always know where the Pittsburghers are from. It's not hard to tell. No, it's like uh, that's the best part about trying to find your gate at an airport. We when you're f- flying back to Pittsburgh, it is not hard to find it. You got four Pennsylvanians on the Olympic team. There you go. I bet in 1980 there weren't that many more than four rinks. Well, that's Bob Harry. He's going to be joining I'm us. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but uh, right. hockey has grown. California, Arizona, North Carolina, Virginia, all rep- represented. See, these are developments that you would not have been able to observe had they played the NHL players. You'd just be talking about those guys. But reaching for the more, you know, amateur status, even though KHL's not amateur, but... No. Seems like it. It's a really good leg. Uh, This this goaltender, I'm really curious to uh, hear his tale told. Now, he doesn't have a Statue of Liberty on his helmet. They're not going to make him take his off. I don't know what he's got on his helmet. They may make the women's hockey goalie, uh, the U.S. team switch helmets because she has a Statue of Liberty on it, and they're saying that that is a political statement, which it really doesn't seem to be. I think we should. And if it is, it's a pretty good statement. I think we should draw a line in the sand here and say, no, it's not a political statement. And and how far were you willing to take it? I dare them to try to play the Olympic hockey tournament without us. Well, I mean, if you have national anthems played for the winners, that's as political of a statement as you can make. What's the difference between doing that and having a Statue of Liberty on a helmet? What is the difference? It's ridiculous. Next thing you know, they're going to be apologizing for, uh, you know, making fun of someone with a food allergy. It's not like they have the Enola Gay on the goalie mask or anything like that. <laughs> now that, look, that might be bad. That one would not be bad. If you're playing uh, Japan, yeah, they, it would be, <laughs> they take offense. Probably distasteful. Val has news at the top of the hour. What are you talking about, Valerie? Well, we're going to talk about soulmates, Valentine's Day plans, and how much tomorrow will cost you. It'll be a little warmer today, 40, a little lot warmer for Valentine's Day in the 50s. Billy Gardell, after 9 a.m., joining us from Los Angeles, California, and Bob Airy talking pens when we come back on DV. It's the DV Morning Show, talking Penguins hockey with Bob Airy right now. Bibsy, good morning. How are you, man? Bobby, are you there? Do we not have Bobby? He's speechless. He's speechless, which is a rarity. Hello? Bibbs. Hello? How are Hello. you, man? What's going on? I'm doing great, guys. How are we doing? Fantastic. Doing very well. Glad to be talking to you again. Glad to be talking a lot of pens right now. Uh, we were just going over the Olympic team. Do you think that the uh, the Olympics in general 
Is it a better thing for the Olympics to have, not that they're amateurs, but KHL, the lesser-known guys from the smaller pro leagues, uh, to be a part of it rather than putting the NHL players in there from the standpoint of it's easier to, to root for a bunch of no-names who come together and it might help these guys, as it did for you know that famous AD team, to actually propel themselves into a career in the NHL. You know, I thought I was thinking about that myself. I think it's a great question. I, you know, I don't think it helps the NHL players at all because you know they don't they, they don't get that platform. And right. A lot of people like to tune in, but you know, I think they have their own platform. Create your own platform. You have, mm-hmm. you know, you have your games, and I think this uh, the Olympic Games in '80. I agree with you. Is uh, lesser knowns and. It put the United States on the map. It it, it really, uh, you know, created uh, you know a whirlwind of American talent uh, fluctuating to the National Hockey League from that day on forward. Here, guys, I love the fact that the lesser known amateurs are playing in it. I know it's uh, you know for others it's not going to be maybe as entertaining. You're not going to see Sidney Crosby and Malkin out there flying around, but yeah, you're going to see some other guys. Let's hope we get a great finish. There's no guarantee, but uh, there'll, there'll be some heroes for sure. Who's playing for Canada, Bob? Uh, yeah, I haven't even you know I haven't even looked at the lineup. I know uh, Ben Scrivens is a goaltender. Uh, you know Simone Dupre didn't make it. He was trying to uh, from KHL trying to make it there, Mike. So you know I haven't looked at the full lineup. You know um, some of some ex-Pens tried to make the team. They they weren't uh, fortunate enough to do it. Some of the older guys like the Talbots and you know I know Ryan Malone tried to make the U.S. team. It didn't happen for those guys. So. Uh, I think it's great that some of the younger guys get a shot. So, all right, the Pens weekend, uh, the Dad's Trip weekend, uh, you know, three out of four points, that's pretty good. And uh, can't be too upset about what's going on there. But yesterday we heard a clip of Coach Sullivan saying how, like, huge it was for huge them. Huge accomplishment. Huge accomplishment, yeah. And we, we, t- we asked Josh Getzoff about it briefly, but are, are they really looking at it in, in terms of that now? Do they feel that much uh, sort of like uh, it's do-or-die time for them? Well, I don't know if they feel like it's do-or-die, but they're trying to, you know, they haven't been very good against the West, and they haven't been very good against some of the bigger teams and uh, some of those, you know, the upper echelon teams, and they, they wanted to put something together here. They wanted to go out and put their best foot forward and, you know, try to instill some confidence in his team, and that's the job of the coach to, to kind of do that. Look at one game at a time and uh, look at his look at it as a building block, and I think Mike Sullivan has done that. I mean, he's been very complimentary as you, if you follow his words about his captain, Sidney Crosby, about his netminder, Matt Murray, about, you know, clear-cut mm-hmm. number one, which he is. But uh, Mike, uh, Mike Sullivan's been very... Um, kind of calculated that way. Very, so it's uh, not lowering the bar yeah. to call that a no. huge accomplishment. No, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a, well, is it a huge accomplishment? It's a, it's an accomplishment. It is. I mean, so, you know, whether you want to put huge on the front of that or not, it's an accomplishment because they've, that's, they've had a tough, tough time against the bigger teams, especially in the West, where their record is under five hundred. Bob, we hear Mike Sullivan talk periodically about, more than periodically, usually daily, about the importance of defense and not being a high-risk team. Last week we heard Sidney Crosby talk about trying to keep teams to two goals or fewer. He talked about that again yesterday. And and in this run, this 12-4-1 run since January, I think they've done that nine times out of 17. What are you seeing differently? Is, Is it an overall effort of the five on the ice to play better defense have the forwards started coming back more has the goaltending been better what what has 
translated into fewer goals against of late. Well, it is. It's a it's a commitment. It's it's fewer penalties. It's a commitment to defense, being on the right side of the puck. But uh, you know, I think for the Penguins, sometimes their best defense is a good offense. So we've seen Carl Hagelin's game just flourish. We've seen Brian Rust's game just flourish. What are those guys doing? They're getting on the forecheck and they're turning pucks over. And you see that a tight knit group down there. So when the puck is turned over, that second guy they always talk about that second guy wanting to be close to the puck. So we're seeing a lot of that, a lot of what the Penguins are doing. They had no in-zone time in the offensive zone at the start of the year. They were playing too much too much in their own zone. They were playing too much in their own zone. And uh, if you're in your own zone, though, you know, more than half the game, chances are you're not going to win hockey games. So the Penguins have done a better job being on the right side of the puck when need be, but they've also done a way better job getting on the forecheck and turning over pucks and being able to score goals five on five. I mean, it was ridiculous before this streak that you mentioned and now they're five on five numbers they're in the top three in the league since then bob airy uh with us right now so if you're uh, uh the penguins management right now what are you thinking about uh shan i'm liking shan you're really liking what he's done um he came in uh kind of to this uh, with the penguins they hope that they could elevate his game they've elevated his game he's elevated his game uh, he showed me more than I would have expected. He does have a heavy shot. I don't know if he'll, I, you know, I was wondering if he'd ever find the twine with it. He's been making some nice plays and he wins some face-offs. So you're not going to get any more out of Riley Shan. You know, they they keep squeezing that stone. They've got a lot out of them, guys, a lot more than I thought. And, you know, sometimes patience, as we talked about with Jimmy Rutherford, you know, sometimes the best trades you don't make are the ones uh, perhaps you don't trade Cole. You see what he's been able to do when he's come back in the lineup. You're going to need him in the playoffs and, and down the stretch here, a guy that can play against the, the Western teams, a big guy. Uh, you're going to need Reeves. You've seen a flash of what he can do when he stays out of the box, and he's an important part. He can skate, and he can hit, and he's he's sensitive there, guys. I liked I liked his game in Dallas a lot, and uh, you know, he's had a couple of good games along the way here, so... You know, those, those guys have been prodded a little bit from the coach, and they've responded. It shows their character. Yeah, we'll wait and see. I like Riley Shane's game, though, and uh, it makes you pause as to what, what you're going to do there and how much you're going to do come trade deadline. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I also thought it was interesting that uh, he said, uh, Shane said that uh, Kessel told him, you, you know, you got to make plays. You, you know, hold on to the puck. <laughs> you got to be a playmaker. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny. Things rub off on you, you know. Back back in the day, uh, you know, I used to watch watch some of the talent around me. I used to think, hey, maybe maybe I can make that play. I'm going to try it anyway, you know. Well, half the time, Mario will put me in my place. Hey, Bobby, keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? You know, but you had to bear down and you had to finish off plays that he made to you. And there's something to be said what Kessel's saying, and the way he says it, it's kind of like you kind of take it one way, you kind of giggle like I did, but you also. It, it's in your brain then, and you're thinking you got to, you do got to make plays. It's a game of hanging onto the puck, not just turning it over, making those give and go plays, and think more of yourself and try to get more out of yourself. And you know, I think that's the key. You know, all these guys, you're only going to win cups if you try to get better in all these facets of the game. And maybe a little comment like that goes a long yeah. way from a teammate. Well, and you kind of saw that Sunday, right? The uh, when uh, Simone got in on the forecheck and got the puck to Shane in the slot, he didn't just shove it right at the net. He he made a move. He finished. Yeah, he, he has, Mike. He's made a lot of plays. You know, 
he's a tall guy. He, he stands upright. You know, a lot of times he doesn't like, you know, the knees don't look bent. He doesn't look terribly engaged. But I think he's starting to get a little more of that. And I, you know, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of liking his game. And I was hoping he wasn't going to be another Marcel Gotch who just skated around and really didn't accomplish anything. And he's far from that. He's winning, not only winning the faceoffs, he's starting to put up on, he's almost a point a game in the last 10 games, in I think. So, you know, he's starting to get some production there. That's that's big production at this time of the year. Do you, uh, how do you think your relationship's coming along on air there with Mersey? Uh, things going good? You guys got to go one, two? Are you, are you telling him, hey, sometimes you just got to make a play, Mersey? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get, get a giggle out of him, you know, sort of here and there. After our 10-1 loss in his opening game, you know, he was taking a lot of flack. So <laughs> he's, come, he's come back strong. He's been, he's been battling, and that's all you want. You just want a battler, and he's getting better every game. No, but I, I love uh, having a great time working with Mears. He, he's very professional at what he does. And, uh, Sounds good, you know, man. We're just going to hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get some, uh, some playoff calls here. Hey, Bobby, you mentioned Sullivan prodding, guys. Looks like uh, Jake Gensel's on the receiving end of some prodding now. Uh, the, ice yeah. t- the ice time got uh, reduced. What do you see going yeah. on there? Yeah, you know, you know, I think he's, I think Jake Gensel is actually priding himself as, as well because, uh, you know, he, he takes it hard on himself. His dad's a coach. I mean, he's, so how much prodding does Max Holland got to do? He's, he's, he's hearing it from his dad. His dad came in around Christmas, and I'm up in the stands, and you know, his dad was saying, "Well, just like it's spoken like a true dad. He, I don't think he's ever going to score again." You know, so. um you know, Jake's taking it on himself uh, pretty harsh. Uh, he's he's working before and after practice. He's working on every element of his game. He's a battler. I think his game is going to be fine. It's going to come around. I've seen flashes. Uh, he's tried to, you know, put that element of physicality back in his game. He's not a not a big guy at all. He's not uh, not a beefy type type guy like that. But uh, you put him in the right situation at the right time. We saw last year. You know, Jake Gensel is a, is a real good hockey player, and, and Mike Sullivan, and I'll say it too, I mean, he's got a good brain for the game, and uh, he's not going anywhere. Bob Airy, always a pleasure to talk with you, man. Thanks for making time for us. We'll be watching hey guys. tonight. Great Penn's. to be back on with you guys. Uh, you know, I hit you football season over, but uh, it is hockey time. It's it's hockey time, and it's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. Penn sends. We'll be watching. Bibbs, thanks so much for your time this morning, man. Appreciate it. Okay, okay. thanks, Randall. All right, Bobby. Bye. See you. Okay, Bobby Airy. The great Bobby Airy. He's the best. Good to have him back on. It is. Yeah. You know, it's really Potash. Transition quickly. Potash anchors that pro, that, that broadcast. No, he it's, he's the He's the ballast. No, he's yes, not. Yes, he is. He's the... I feel like I should have given him an assist on the uh, 80s night. Potash? He, didn't look, he looked pretty good, but I feel like I could have helped him a little. You. That's your expertise. That's my era. Yeah. I what feel like I... that a lot with Potash. He needs an assist? That somebody could help him a little, yeah. <laughs> no ripping on Potash. This nah, is a just, Potash safe Just kidding, Danny. We love you. Go, no. tr- go Chargers. This is a safe oh, space sorry, for you, Danny. Sorry, they're in L.A. now. Safe space. Uh, Billy Gardell, when we come back, DB. I think Although, it's a lot more acceptable once you get to yeah, college. You're in college. What's the big deal? You're an adult. Maybe your professor's only 30. A college professor, though? I think there's that, there's a compromise, right, of the student teacher. Well, if you're not dynamic, if you're not in the class anymore. Oh no, that's cool. <laughs> but if you're in the class, that's even better. Sleeping for a grade. Oh yeah. Hustling for a grade. And then you got to bring it, right? Because if you don't, you you know you're not going to get a good grade. Yeah, I, you know, like, I I, she wants the D, but I can't get a D. <laughs> that's not acceptable. Right. 
Meanwhile, he's like, I want you to get the A. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How about the B? Pegging your- <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. All right, let, you know, let's let's clean it up. Billy Gardell yeah. joining us right now here on the DVE Morning Show. What's up, cousin? Cousin, good morning, cousin. Oh, good morning, Val. Good morning. How are morning, you? All. I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. Are you watching the Olympics, Bill? Ah, you know, it's on in the background. That's kind of how I feel. I think everybody's like I'm doing a crossword puzzle, and if I hear a hall, then I go, what happened? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> it is. I'm watching, I'm watching many replays of the Olympics, but I wouldn't say I'm following along. I like the fact that uh, all the stars so far are basically like uh, that Chloe Kim girl is just adorable. Yeah. She won the, the snowboarder. She's just so damn cute. Uh, so you have like uh, the stoner kid who who dropped an f bomb <laughs> yeah. when he won. Yeah. You got the uh, the super that red, whatever that seventeen year old. Yeah, kid's I name can't is. remember his name. You got him. You got the uh, um, Adam. Uh, what the heck's his name? The super gay guy. Oh, who's hilarious. Uh, he's so skater. He's yeah. so funny. That guy. And you have you know Asian Americans and stuff it's just this awesome look at like a complete diverse group of people representing you know America i think that uh those people all probably did the best in their fields but i know that the boogeymen can't believe that <laughs> uh, but yeah. it, it it got dialed up perfectly yeah i think i think our team looks really good man oh. i think i think the faces of our team are a very nice representation to let the rest of the world know that we you know, we have an all come unglued. Adam Ripon is that guy's name. He's he's hilarious. He's so great. Although he somehow didn't fall and scored worse than the guy who fell twice. That's yeah, why I don't well, understand figure skating. I guess it's the difficulty of whatever you're attempting is part of the scoring. Uh, I was out there working on that triple, and I don't think my ankle's <laughs> going to hold up. Uh, <laughs> Colbert had a line about that, about the games where, you know, there's a score and you know who won are better than the the, the ones where there's a judge who goes, you know, uh, you were better. Where are your judge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, scoring is important. Let's not outlaw scoring. There should just be a way to quantify it a little bit better. And, you know, when there's judges, there's always going to be corruption. But uh, it's fun to watch, even though it's generally a $13 billion corruption festival that's occurring. It's still the Olympics. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Everything now, once you see the Vice documentary about it, you'll find out that it, it, <laughs> everything has an evil side as well. It's so, greed. Greed is ruined. Everything, everything. Yeah, everything we love everything. has a Vice documentary that Any, will bring Anything that makes you feel warm as a child, there's a dark underbelly. So <laughs> give up all hope, ye who abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Uh, Billy Gardell with a hopeful message this morning to start off this hour on uh, it's Galentine's Day. Not Valentine's Day. what? Galentine's Day. It's the, yeah. It's a Parks and Rec uh, thing that's kind of like Festivus. It's taken off. And this is a day women spend with one another, and they go brunching and then day drink all day. Galentine's Day with your gal friend. I don't think you want to do that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that's trouble. <laughs> Patty, had, uh, Patty had a girls' weekend with her friends um, about two weeks ago, and I, I didn't want to go nowhere near that joint. <laughs> A lot of di- lot of disappointed wives talking about their their 
they're falling short husbands, you know. You need to you need Patty to have friends who have worse relationships than yours. That's really what it is. She does. She's got two. But uh, you know good. what's funny? <laughs> I told him I said me and O'Connell were gonna go down to the beach where they were staying, just be like Belushi and Otter out in front of Animal House. <laughs> that ladder. <laughs> Billy uh, in L.A., when was uh, Sheldon on last week? Were you on that episode? No, I'm shooting Sheldon this week, which is a lot of fun, and uh, getting to do some fun stuff with uh, Zoe um, Metcalf and Lance Barber, who play the parents of young Sheldon, very funny people. And, uh, boy, just Chuck Lorre has another hit show on his hands. It's really good and really funny. That guy, he's got the Midas touch, huh? Yeah, it just seems to know how to do that television stuff. And, and I've been auditioning. I told him yesterday, man, I've been auditioning for a few pilots out here so far. And, you know, you know, there's a gap, man. There's a real gap between the way that guy does television and the rest of the pack. It's funny, man, because it's like, you know, you're playing for the Yankees, and then, ah, we're going to send you down to Florida for two weeks. Right. <laughs> That's what it feels like, you know. Kind of like when you do other radio shows after doing this one, you feel yes, like... Yes, very much. And I've told you that for many, many years, yes. I, I meant I that in the reverse as a self-effacing joke, but... Uh. Yeah, no, it's not true. I get to hang with you guys, and there's usually a great riff, and it's good, and it's driven the right way, and, and, the, and uh, there's compassion and funny on Pittsburgh sarcasm. And then I go talk to Iggy and the bug, or the spider, or the cricket. Do you know how much? You know how great it would be to do those shows, though. Like if you no, had a show where no, all you had to do was no. go to work you have every day, to and go, show your soul. Hey, you have everybody, coming up, we got soul. our Valentine's Day giveaway. I mean, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, but we're all selling ourselves to a certain degree. Why not go all the way? I went on. Caller number five is going to get five hundred Zagnut bars. No, <laughs> horrible. I, I went on uh, one of those junkets where they get radio people from yeah. all over the country and they take you somewhere and it's usually LA or New York mm-hmm. and you interview stars of a new TV show or movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I went to this one a few years ago and this guy's like, hi, I'm Spoon. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Spoon. Yeah. Soon was uh, his name? Spoon, spoon. Like fork and spoon. Oh, Spoon. That's I thought how you said soon. I no. said he should add the ER and then his partner could be later. Sooner <laughs> and later in the morning. I'm Spoon. Was his last name like Witherspoon? It was, no, I, that, was just, that was his radio name. I'm Spoon. That was the, I mean, it's a tough thing to get past. It, it is Did he say Spoon like Groot says Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> I am Spoon. Everything you say to him, spoon. Hey, man, if anybody had, well, Jimmy and I did a couple of those back in the day, and it was, I mean, radio was a little bit different then than it is now, and I definitely was like, oh, my God. It, you like, just don't want to hang out I don't with any wanna, of those I, people. Yeah, I just really want to, I don't want to be seen <laughs> yeah. as part of that group, because they were just all, like, so one-upping each other with, uh. like, frat antics, and they were 50-year-old guys. Yeah. But, um. Getting way too drunk. Yeah, but I got more respect for that now because I think anybody that keeps a job in this business deserves a pat on the back because it's ridiculously tough to do it. And whatever you got to do, I get it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that way about my business as well. That's but why Pittsburgh's time, great, Bill. There's just too many hacks. I know, but that's why Pittsburgh's great because the audience is okay with it here. I mean, there's so much good radio in Pittsburgh, and it's because the audience is, is accepting of it. 
You know, I like to think that the city of Pittsburgh uh, is is uh, smart and evolved, and yet still holds on to what makes us really unique. You ever been? We're to a, normal. You ever been to people. a Steelers game, Bill? You, you, you sure you want to make that? Now listen, we can't come. <laughs> we we got to come unglued once in a while, man. I mean, you know. I think the, not exactly a bunch of SAT champions going on in that parking lot. We got to No, there's there's been some graduations at the mailbox, but that's all right. <laughs> Uh, no, I agree with you. There's just something about this town. Is they actually? I remember that I was telling I think Valley the other day when I interviewed for this job in like 1999. That was the one thing they said that I'll never forget. And I had already lived in Pittsburgh for over a year. And the the then boss Bob Roof said, "You know what's great about Pittsburgh? Everybody in Pittsburgh thinks that Pittsburgh's the center of the universe." We do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, That's you're true. right. That is awesome. Yeah, the map the map starts here. That's right. Val's got a quick update for you. What's going on, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Central 11. It is 20 degrees right now, though, at DVEM Val. There's some soup weather up there right now. It's been a lot of soup weather this winter. I tell you what, it's not the ham and bean crock pot, Val. 41, 41 degrees, Bill? That's, That's gazpacho. Well, get out the gazpacho, a nice cold <laughs> soup today. Open your coat. I forget. It drops to 60 now, and I need a sweater. (laughs) Rare bottles of whiskey could be yours if you win a special lottery. The Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board is offering to give people a chance at buying rare bourbons and a rye whiskey. All bottles are 750 milliliters. If you win, you'll be allowed to buy one bottle of this special uh, brew. The deadline... How much is the hooch, Val? Well, you have to... I don't know if it's like an auction, but you you have to win the lottery first. You have to win the lottery to buy the booze. Is yes. that correct? Yes, because it's so. Okay, here's how that conversation would go in Swissville. Hey, you know, let's get in that lottery and we can win a ticket to buy that expensive <laughs> booze. And then there's quiet, and then your buddy goes, or we can go drink for 19 hours for 12 bucks at Rocco's. <laughs> This is a classic bird in the hand versus one in the bush type thing. Uh, If you want to get in on that or check out the details, go to finewineandgoodspirits.com. People all over the country gathering today to celebrate Fat Tuesday. There will be lots of festivities happening in the hub for Mardi Gras celebrations. That's New Orleans. Biggest part of the celebration is the elaborate floats that parade through the city. One of the lesser known traditions, though, which I would kind of disagree that it's lesser known, uh, king cakes. Yeah. These are the cakes. Oh, that's with the plastic death toy in it. The uh, plastic babies hidden them that people share with families or coworkers. The idea is that if you get the piece with the baby in it, you buy the next king cake. Yeah, if you turn blue and you start choking, you're buying next year. <laughs> Last night, uh, the, the band Galactic, on the night before Fat Tuesday, they play a show every year called Lundy Gras. And it is an all-night show at Tipitina's that goes into Mardi Gras morning. And it's 48 songs long, but wow. but they're like, you know, some of them are 15 and 20 minute, you know, jams oh, and whatever. Um, and they uh, they started last night, I think, before midnight and played until this morning. Wow. It's funny. One of my buddies is down there right now. He sent me a picture of someone has uh, a, a sign outside of their house in the French Quarter. And it says, 
It has a picture of a guy peeing with a red circle and a line through it, and it's got a little like camera uh, icon mm-hmm. above it on the th- sign, and it says, "We got them cameras, boo. We'll make fun of your little turtle wiener and post it online." <laughs> it's cold, but not that cold. It's like there are people down there who just lose all sense of any sort of oh, shame. I can't imagine. Oh, yeah, and then and then you repent for forty days. Sure. That's what is happens. there another food associated with Mardi Gras other uh, than king cake? Like is the there baby a, cake, a king meat? cake? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I no, mean, that's pretty much it. I, I guess I mean we'll I always king cake today. There's just so much of the, the the traditional part of that cuisine that I associate with it, but I think king cake is the one like the Mardi Gras cake. It's got all the colors in it and yeah. everything. You know, it looks like a James Carville shirt. <laughs> a Chicago TV station is apologizing for a major error in its Olympics coverage over the weekend. ABC affiliate WLS ran a graphic promoting uh, PF Chang 2018 rather than Pyeongchang 2018. <laughs> where the Olympics are actually being held. The Chinese food restaurant, P.F. Chang's, replied on Twitter saying, contrary to this broadcast, we are not hosting the games. No. No, the Mongolian beef will play no role. (laughs) Do you believe there is one soulmate for you in the entire world? 23% of people do. I don't, but I think there are like a few of them. Yeah, well, you'd be among the majority. 72% think you there are multiple soulmates. 18% believe in love at first sight. 89% uh, talking about Valentine's Day, like big romantic gestures, like chasing someone down before their plane leaves so you can profess their love. Yeah, That's you do lot. that now, and they will lock you up and put you in bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would be fine being single for the rest of their life. So almost half. Does that mean not married or does that mean not in a relationship? I took that as not in a relationship. Okay. Because that's, yeah. All right. 35% would marry for money. I would definitely marry for money. (laughs) It's a (laughs) 50-50 split. (laughs) It's a 50-50 split on whether people say they could forgive someone who cheated on them. And finally, 9% of people love Valentine's Day, 11% hate it, and the other percent, uh, 80% are somewhere in the middle. Well, let me ask some questions. Billy, what are you doing for Valentine's he's Day? He's not. He's uh, he's home with the sick kids today. Sorry. Oh, he's not in today? No, no, okay. no. Okay. Well, Bill, I hope the kiddos feel better. Val, you're next. What, what are, are we you d- doing for Valentine's Day? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, see, see you guys are veterans. I We, <laughs> made, we do that move, too. We yeah. went out last night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same. We don't. We don't mess with all the crowds on Valentine's Day. I just we, we we go a day or two before, and then we laugh at the news. <laughs> well, it's just too much. It's too. It's too peopley on Valentine's Day. It's one of those holidays. You yeah. Know? You do the flowers though. Yeah, well, we do. Me and Will are allergic to just about every flower except orchids, and so Patty loves orchids. So I, I will have some orchids here Wednesday. Eighty-one percent of couples say they will do something for Valentine's Day this year. So that I don't something covers a lot of ground. It could be a card. No, it could be. A no, there's a card, and then there's a hey. All right, Happy Valentine's Day. Now let's get everything going. It you know look, it's 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 such a made-up holiday. You know? It is made up, but it's important to some people to have a representation of your relationship on that day, and that's always a woman. But still, 
Because <laughs> the guy is never like, no, I want everyone to see. Our love. Yeah, and if you're the guy fighting for that and the girl's going, no, let's just go like play darts or something. <laughs> and you're the one going, no, I want to make a big fanfare. Uh, you're in trouble. If you haven't gotten a gift yet and you plan on it, most people say an experience is the, the best gift and the top things people want to do or go to a concert, do an escape room, tour a cultural attraction, or take a cooking class. I don't, I don't know if escape room is the best one for Valentine's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mean I can get out of this thing? So if I leave without you finding me, you got to pay, right? Just over in the corner working the drywall with a butter knife. <laughs> Uh, and according to the latest cost of loving index, prices of affection expressing gifts remain virtually unchanged this Valentine's Day. Houston Asset Management tracked nine popular gifts since 1990 and reports no price change for five gift options from last year. Valentine's can expect to pay about the same on a bottle of Simi California Chardonnay, a dozen long stem roses, a designer silk tie. Victoria's Secret lingerie or a satin heart-shaped box of Godiva chocolates. And National then we Retail, went to dinner. The uh, National Retail Federation expects Americans will spend nearly $150 this year on Valentine's for their Valentine. Wow. I don't know who these people are, but 9% of Americans don't like any Girl Scout cookies. None. Not one. For those of us who do like them, well, I don't. I don't even comprehend that. I have to hide. I have to hide during Girl Scout cookie season. Thin mint. They see me. They see me outside the grocery store. I, I'm a marked man. <laughs> I'm coming home with two boxes, and I don't mean the little boxes. I mean cases. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I work the Thin Mints. I work the Thin Mints. I like to put them... I, lo I load the rolls of Thin Mints in the fridge like I'm loading a machine gun. Oh, yeah, they're the best. That's The cold Thin Mint is a thing of beauty. And then you... Patty's, Patty likes the Tagalongs. What are, what are your preferred ones? Uh, I like the Toffee-tastic, which is a new within the what? last few years. What it's is like this a, you speak of? I've never even heard of this. It's like That's a like... Shortbread, shortbread with toffee in it. That's like the oh, wolfberry. I didn't need to know that. So Thin Mints, uh, they are the most popular. After that, it's Samoas. What's the per the peanut butter ones? Well, Tagalongs are next. That's the, That's the chocolate-covered peanut butter. That's the one I love. Yeah. I hate I that name, that but I like the, the cookie. Then well, you got to watch because Will is allergic, deathly allergic to peanuts, but once a year she'll bring a couple Tagalongs into the house and she'll wait till he leaves. Then she'll put on a hazmat suit to eat it and then go brush it and then throw out her toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's going the extra effort for a cookie. Uh, trefoils are next on the list. I don't that, know what those are. That's the, just the kind of thin shortbread one. Okay. Uh, Dosey does. Those are the peanut butter sandwiches. Oh, those are good too. Yeah. And then after that, it's other. Which includes s'mores, lemonades, which are a lemon ice shortbread, Savannah Smiles, which is a. I think the lemon shortbreads are uh, severely underrated. I'm just going to put that out there. Five percent of people have never, ever tried any Girl Scout cookies. That's just weird. Remember that the one girl who's selling them outside of the weed dispensary in California? Genius. Yep. That yeah. girl's going to be running a company someday. She's run That's genius. Yeah. yeah, she sold like 300 boxes. What's the? I don't well, understand yeah. the issue. What's the problem there? Where? What is the problem? I don't know. Well, Some, the Girl Scout organization kind of frowns. It's upon legal. It. I, 
I'm just telling you what I yeah. don't care. I she think it's a brilliant idea. I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's such brilliance. Are you kidding? Where else would you sell this? Parking lot of a fish show? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd be at concert venues, absolutely. Outside the bar at 2 a.m. <laughs> Instead of a taco cart, just go down there, have your dad out there with a big light. Cookies. Don't they have ice cream now? Don't they have the uh, the Girl Scout cookie mm, ice cream? Not that I know I think of, they do. but I could be wrong. I think there's Girl Scout cookie ice cream. I could be wrong. That could have been something I made up in the middle of the night. It's a good idea, well, I was though, hoping so. for. You By can, the way, you uh, can make it yourself. You know how I eat cereal in my sleep sometimes, Val? I would Val? eat thin mint ice cream. I'm not lying. I would do that. Bill, sometimes I eat cereal in, in my sleep. I didn't have any cereal, and I woke up Sunday morning, and I went downstairs to like, make coffee. And there, In there the were, middle of the night? Yeah. There were two ice cream pies. I, I crushed the end of two ice cream things in the middle of the night. <laughs> didn't even know. I had no idea. And I was like, that can't be good. And I was trying to do the math of how much was in them. I'm like, let's see how many calories I ate at 4 a.m. when I was half conscious. You know, because... Because of you, I cannot, if my husband gets up to let the dogs out in the middle of the night, I can't fall back asleep until I know both dogs are in the house. Because I've let Jules out so yes. many times. I know that poor little doggy. Yeah. All because of you. Because I would go <laughs> have a bowl of cereal in the middle of the night, let her out, and then forget. <laughs> oh, I was unconscious. I don't know. And then I would like get up and go to work in the morning, and she'd just be sitting at the door oh, looking inside. Oh, she was the best. She never got mad, and I let her out for hours except, all the time. Except when other people came over, and she was like, screw you. I like." These she did like better. other people a lot more than me. She was hoping for someone to, to take her out of that situation. Finally, Charlize Theron has been named the honorary starter for the Daytona 500, so she'll wave the uh, green flag before the big race on Sunday. Cloudy, warmer, 40 for the high today. It's 20 degrees at DVE. All right. Mike Pursuta coming in next. Sports update for you. Olympic hockey on the way, but Penn sends tonight a hockey night in Pittsburgh. And uh, he'll have the uh, look ahead coming up when we return on DVE. DVE Sports. All right, we got Billy Gardell live in Los Angeles, California. Gosh. Mike Pursuta live here with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Breaking news from South Korea. The uh, Olympic Committee has decided that Lady Liberty is okay on the Masks. Oh, that's good. It would have been a bad uh, idea to pursue that any tenders. further. It would have been just a stupid controversy we didn't need to indulge. Yeah, they found out today before they played uh, the Olympic athletes from Russia, and the U.S. women's team beat the Olympic athletes from Russia 5 to nothing. So there's that. <laughs> Sports is our brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and restoration uh, you know I'm, I'm disappointed bill crawford's not here today because a i like bill crawford but b he kind of inspired my sports cast today because we were chatting off the air after the show yesterday and talking about the men's olympic hockey team and he mm-hmm. said who the hell are these guys who's playing right and i thought and i said you know i really don't know i gotta do some research so i spent uh, most of yesterday doing just that nice here you go here's something uh for everyone about everyone here's your uh 25 members of the U.S. men's national team, which opens Olympic play tomorrow against Slovenia. Forward Mark Arcabello won an ECAC title at Yale in 2009. Defenseman Chad Billens was an AHL All-Star and a Calder Cup champ in 2013. Defenseman Jonathan Blum was selected 23rd overall by Nashville in 2007. He went on to play 110 NHL games. 
Forward Chris Bork was the AHL's MVP leading scorer and Calder Cup champion in 2013. Defenseman Will Borgen, currently uh, of St. Cloud State University. He's a Moorhead, Minnesota native, and his favorite player is Matt Cullen. Forward Bobby Butler, 2010 Hockey East Player of the Year at New Hampshire. Forward Ryan Donato, uh, he's the son of Ted Donato, who played 13 NHL seasons, appeared in the Olympics for the U.S. in 1992, and coaches his son Ryan at Harvard. Forward Brian Gianta, over 1,000 career NHL games, won a couple with the Devils in 2003, and he's a former captain of the Sabres and Canadians. Defenseman Matt Gilroy, Hobie Baker Award winner in 2009 with Boston University. They also won the national championship that year. Forward Jordan Greenway, currently with BU, is the first African-American U.S. hockey Olympian. Defenseman Ryan Gunderson, KHL All-Star, 2015. Forward Chad Kalerik, led the Swedish League in goals in 2013-14. Goaltender David Leggio was the ECAC Goalie of the Year with Vermont in 2007. Forward Brock Little, Swedish League scoring champ in 2015. Goaltender Brandon Maxwell plays in the Czech League. Forward John McCarthy, captain BU in 2009 when it won the national championship. Forward Brian O'Neill, 2015 AHL Calder Cup leading scorer, MVP. Great columnist. Forward Garrett Rowe, his pump-up music is anything by Eminem. You need a guy like that on any team. Defenseman Bobby Sanganetti was a first-round pick of the Rangers in 2006. He played 45 NHL games. Val, this one's for you. Forward Jim Slater. Favorite movie is For Love of the Game. Slater's also. What's wrong with that movie, Mike? And it's a baseball movie. Thank you, Bill. I know I could count on you. Slater's also a Michigan State guy. Maybe it's a Michigan State thing. Maybe. Uh, Forward Ryan Stoa. His sister played at Robert Morris from 2007 through 2011. His sister Maria. He is a Penguins fan. Uh, Here's my favorite player, and this guy's going to set the NHL on its ear sooner rather than later. Forward Troy Terry. Currently uh, with Denver. Last season, he scored three shootout goals in the World Junior Championship semifinal win over Russia. He scored the only goal in the shootout of the gold medal game victory over Canada. And he won the College National Championship with Denver. Pretty good year for Troy Terry last year. Defenseman Noah Welsh, first team All-America at Harvard in 2004-2005. Defenseman James Wisniewski was on the 2004 U.S. World Junior Championship gold medal winning team. That was the first U.S. team ever to win World Championship gold. And last but certainly not least, from Erie, PA, and Mercyhurst, goaltender Ryan Zapolsky. In 2012-2013, he was an ECHL All-Star, the ECHL Rookie of the Year, the ECHL Goalie of the Year, and the ECHL MVP. That's who we're sending against the world. I like it. And our first two games are against Slovenia and Slovakia. I like us against any country Austin that starts Incorporated. with any country that starts with slow. I like us. <laughs> yeah. If we were playing fast, Vini, I'd be a little worried. Yeah, they're a little tougher to track. Slovenia, I think we got this. Yeah. That's uh, tomorrow at seven ten. <laughs> fast, Venia. Good. I like our fast chances. Yeah. The Pens are uh, hosting Ottawa tonight. They are on a twelve four and one roll. The Pens are. Since January. By the way, remember I said I think we should put five on Flurry. Yes. We did. yes. I just want that. I want that down in the record books. That's all. I thought of that watching the game because after the fifth, I thought they're going to get a couple more and run them. But thank you. Didn't happen. Good call, Billy. Thank you, sir. 
Mike Pursuta with a quick update there for you on the DV Morning Show. I want to remind you that coming up Friday night, Brett Kiesel's 8th Annual Sheer to Beard. I'll be your MC once again, 48th year. And this year, additional... 48th year? 48th wow. year. We've been doing this half century. Phil Bork will be there to get That's his amazing. beard sheared. Chris Jamison from The Voice performing live. Donnie Iris also performing Donnie. live. Doors at 6 p.m. Shaving starts at 7. That's right. The shaving starts at 7. Don't miss this. Ticket info available at dve.com. All the proceeds benefit Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh Cancer Programs. This is a special, one-of-a-kind event. This is as Pittsburgh as it gets. They pack the place to shave a guy. <laughs> Can't wait to see who the special guests are. Uh, the special guest, if, if James Harrison walks out on that stage, uh, they're tight. They're good buddies, and he hasn't missed one to my knowledge. James Harrison has been at every single one of these. Uh, it'll be an interesting reaction from the crowd. My personal opinion, if you're going to this and James Harrison walks out on stage, you should clap. Think, think body of work. Think big picture. Well, if you're booing, you better be by the door. Yeah. <laughs> but get over the little spat. It didn't end well. What Whatever does end well. I'm going to go back to the rule that our moms all taught us when we were three. If you don't have something nice to say. Yeah, but Bob, you, or, or, or Billy, you were just ripping on Bob Nutting. I was. No, Nutting is uh, hes, uh, he's, he's on my least favorite yeah. list right now. No, I mean, I wouldn't say nothing to James Harrison if I was two feet from him. No, neither would I. <laughs> Billy Yins will always have Tampa. I'm better, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better that he went up there and played for them. I'm You'll always have Tampa. Mm, I will always have Tampa and the 99-yard 99, 99 miracle, but... Hundred. I just uh, was it a hundred? Yes. I just. Uh, You'll I always know. have him I'm, slamming I'm that guy forgive. in Cleveland. I'm not ready to forgive. Maybe, maybe five, six years from now, I'll be ready okay. for it. Billy Gardell is ready to forgive. One will be one day. Five, ten years from now, I'll yeah. be all right. Yeah. I'm sure James takes solace in that. Uh, <laughs> all right, quick break. We'll I'm come sure back. Sleep. I'm afraid to leave like a negative comment on social media about him because I think he's going to track me down. <laughs> he might rabbit. He might. I know. I am, dude. I, that guy is a maniac. He's like a robot. It's like once the Terminator's mad at you and it's programmed in to get you. It just not. It doesn't stop. <laughs> I think that he's one of those guys. He's a fascinating guy, and not to judge whether he is acting correctly or incorrectly, but he's a different cat. He just there's not a lot of guys like James Harrison. He fascinates me. I'm terrified of his kids, and they're like eight. <sighs> it just broke my heart. Yeah, that was a tough one to see. There's no doubt. But you had a lot of years of happiness before that. I did, Mike, but New England, Mike. It's New England. I know what he has done, but you are always remembered for the way you went out. You are. Mm -hmm. I mean, Heinz Ward is so lucky that he stunk bad enough that nobody wanted to sign him. He really wanted to go play for somebody else. People would not have dug that at all. Do you remember how awkward all that was, Mike? He, I, I don't. I, 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 it's just New England for me. Because like when Chad Brown went up to Seattle, I rooted for him. You know, it's New I, England. I didn't mind that, it's New England. Know, it's not it's another team. New, it's just New England. It's New England. It's New England. Yeah, I gotta respect that. You know me. Yeah. I respect the hate. Yeah. And Heinz was one of my all-time favorite <laughs> Steelers. That guy did everything like imaginable. He was money yeah. in the red zone. He was money on third down. He never yep. dropped the ball. 
he was you know he had a kind of a weird personality, but I loved that guy. But had he gone, did all that, and nobody ever gave him a chance. Yeah, but, but, like we always said back then, if that was the fuel that he needed to make the car go, okay, whatever. Other than him playing in a power conference in college and then being a third round draft pick and then being given a whole lot of money. My point is, had he gone to another team, people <laughs> would remember that, but. He didn't. I still, I still think there's a forgiveness in there because you realize that it's okay. It's football. It's a business, and and but you, you, New England man, it's New England. You, you're so discounting. He, get little, he gets a little past though because they didn't play the Steelers again. I can't abide it, man. So he didn't. He didn't help it. them beat the Steelers. But the problem no is, is for doesn't it. matter. People hate Tomlin so much and blame him so much for what happened this season. They don't see. The Harrison's defecting as a betrayal. Defecting. They see it as an escape from the incompetence of Tomlin. He should have been playing him all year long. Guess what? I all year long. I, I don't think they're wrong in that. Like, how did that guy not get more snaps for us? All right. Yeah, I'm digging up a breakup. This is bad. You know what I mean? It's like, let's, let's, let's move. move on. All right. Quick break. We'll come back more with Billy Gardell. Billy Gardell uh, joining us. In Los Angeles, California. Guys, uh, I went to a quick uh, concert review. I did the uh, Trey Anastasia show last night at the Bayam Theater. Lead singer of the band Fish. Guitar player extraordinaire. One of the best in the world. Uh, it was not about his guitar prowess, though. He literally just basically had a two-hour sing-along in the Bayam Theater. So, and it was one of the funnest things uh, imaginable. Most times I feel like uh, people find those things corny. Like, artists don't like to do that and encourage people to sing along. But he was doing, like, all these, like, songs that have multiple vocalists in them and, and, and empowering the crowd to sing those parts. I think it's great when you get to sing along with an artist. Here's, the, here's two of my biggest pet peeves is when you see an artist and they change the arrangement just enough so it's off two seconds and you can't sing along. I think that's spite. That's what I think. <laughs> I think if, you're, if I'm paying enough to see you, I should get to sing along with you. Uh, although it is annoying to hear someone singing through an entire concert. Oh. Yeah, like if you're right next to them and they're super loud. Or, yeah, or dancing. Our, uh, our you know, VP of marketing, extraordinaire Anthony Alfonsi, I'll never forget, we were at a Billy Joel show. Yeah. Me and uh, Tall Kathy and uh, Anthony and, and, uh, and his wife, and there was a guy standing in front of him who was like, a, you know, an art institute uh, student, perhaps. I don't know, theater major. <laughs> He was a geek. He was no. He was really enjoying it, and he was standing up and dancing and singing every single song. Yeah. And it was right in front of Anthony, and he tapped him on the shoulder. And the guy was there with his mom, and he tapped him on the shoulder. And the two of them were dancing and singing. And <sighs> Anthony tapped him on the shoulder and just to say, "Hey, uh, do you mind? I, I, you know, I get that you're having a good time, but I, I, I can't see anything." This guy screamed at Anthony. It was one of the funniest things I ever saw in my life. That's awful. It, it, but, but it was like <laughs> the kid was just, he was super fabulous. And he was like, you are not going to stop me from having a good time, mister. I am here, <laughs> Mr. Joel. You know. And uh, it was just, there's nothing he could do. And the kid sang the entire concert. I mean, uh, singing I could see gets obnoxious. Although at a Billy Joel show, that's pretty much. Sure what's done but the, the standing Look, you thing can, you can sing those so that your voice ain't overpowering true the music. Yes. very true 
You don't uh, know how to do that. But the standing thing, I don't. I never figured out the protocol on that. I mean, it, if you want to stand, then enjoy it, right? I mean, everybody no, on the floor one of, stands. That's one of that's... the parts of rock concerts. After 40, that's really annoying. Yeah, but who, who if, makes that call? I mean, yeah, so, if, if they're up, then you're up. Right. Like, oh, that's God, just, but that's yeah, just that, the way it is, right? Songs off, bro. Boy, I remember seeing um, The Who, and people were sitting down, and there was a guy standing up, and people are yelling at him to sit down, and he's like, are you kidding me? Like, he's trying to lecture all the people behind him. He's like, this is The Who. We're not sitting for The Who. Yeah. I hope I die before I get old. We don't sit for The Who. And yeah, everybody is do. screaming at the guy like, sit down, sit down. <laughs> so finally he capitulates. He's just like so just disheartened that he's not getting, you know, he probably had a babysitter. He was ready to rock out again. And the, and the bunch of old folks behind him, you know, lazy, letting him, letting him down. Lazy. So he, he sits down and they break into like uh, Bob O'Reilly or something. And everybody stands up and he goes, Oh no, you're going to stand up. Oh yeah. And he just starts screaming. Like I, I felt so much of that guy, but he was so entertaining. I was at a Pearl Jam show in Cleveland one time. I was upper, with you. Upper deck end zone. And the whole place is standing, and the guy behind me is tapping me on, on the back. And it's him and his wife. They look like they were uh, season ticket holders to the opera, and they right. wanted to see what this rock and roll thing was all about. And the guy says, are you going to sit out? And I said, hey, pal, look around. You're the only two people in this arena that are just sitting. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in the minority. And then he started calling me an a-hole and everything, and I felt bad, but I kept standing. Like, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't, can't do what? I can't stand when somebody wants me to sit down. I just, it's too, I, I end up having a miserable time and I'm like, I, I'm too self-conscious about it. Yeah. I got to say. That's why I like going to my groups, age groups, because most of us, are, we're still sitting. We get up for a really great song and then we sit back down. Well, that's what was happening at, at that particular Yeah, that show. kid that kid just wasn't in sync. He was just a little overzealous. Oh, no, he was right. He was so pissed because they were playing a rarer who song and people weren't like going crazy because you should stand. I mean, I've been to look, I've been to plenty of shows with, I, I, I mean, what's the median age of the Springsteen show? Nobody sits down at a Springsteen show. Not in the floor. I still find that annoying. If you're on the side where it's sloped, you know, like you're on a uh -huh. stadium seating type, you, uh, my favorite thing is to do if people won't sit down is leave the seat up and then sit on the edge of the seat. Oh yeah, you know oh, that's I mean? a nice move. That way, that's you're a nice move. you can see still, but you're not actually standing. Yeah, well, it's too much. I hate when you're in the first or second row of the seats, uh -huh. and then there's people on the floor in front of you that are standing. Now, what do you do? Because everybody yeah. behind you's sitting, but you can't see. Yeah, that's a conundrum. You know, it's a sticky wicket. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> hey, you're kind of screwed. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I had, I had a good time last night. But it is—it's hard when everybody is singing every line of the song. Those are concerts you either have to give in and just enjoy it, or uh, it's not for you. Haven't you had any private concerts with like Bruce Springsteen lately, Billy? Don't you have some story of like, oh yeah, uh, Neil no, Young called me up to his house. No, the the coolest thing that recently happened was I got Will. I turned Will on to the Big Lebowski, so he was all over that. And then he's got three buddies that he runs with, so he turned them on to it. So then they got into Credence, so I took them <laughs> all out to see John Fogarty. 
Creedence. So I took him and two or three of his buddies to see Fogarty, and uh, I got to give them credit, man. They were singing, and it was kind of nice to watch, you know, four kids that are 15, you know, singing. just about a year ago, oh, that's awesome. I set out on the road. So I, that wasn't annoying in any way. I have to say that was really cool. Does he hate the effing Eagles now? He does, man. He does. He, here's, what, here's the quote that he stole from the movie, and this is, I doomed myself. Whenever I say something like, well, what, what, who, nobody told me that Liam was coming over. And he goes, there's been developments, man. And then he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them when you can't be mad at them when they talk back and they're funny it's no like, eh. no i have to give them plenty when you start you one of the rights to manhood in the gardell household is when you can start quoting movies in response to comments yeah like but in the right context right and having the right he used, he used it properly right that's good <laughs> All right. Well, Acorn's not going. developments, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, his Uncle Joe was the big Lebowski his whole life. Well, that's me and O'Connell are. He's the big. He's the big. He's the dude, and I'm Walter. That's what happens. <laughs> hey, you are around. Walter. Yeah, we walk around together like that. that so I think that, that might be our Halloween outfit this year. That's not a bad one. That is really the dynamic between you two, too. It completely is the dynamic between us. That is so funny. Calmer new, dude. Who's Donnie? <laughs> we don't have a Donnie. We need a Donnie. Well, I mean, if Canacy was around, I guess you'd call him Donnie. But nah, he's, a, he's not a Donnie. Well, Donnie is nah. always seen as being feckless, but I always think that he's actually the the silent the guiding force. And yes. And the one that's actually aware and present. Right. Except he yep. gets knocked off. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't, you know, it's not like he has to have a friend that gets knocked off. To further the analogy, it's just, you know, you no, but I mean, the personality not, trait. It's not like the storyline. It's like the guy, the nameless guy in Star Trek that always got killed on the alien planet, you know. Yeah, if you had a red shirt and you went down to the planet, that was it. <laughs> All right, we got to get off this planet. Billy Gardell. I love you guys. Love you, brother. Love Mich- you too, Billy. Michelle's coming up next tomorrow on the show. I will have Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, Phil Bork, the old 2-9-er. He'll recap what's going on. I'm just going to watch the game. Uh, oh, yeah, because that'll be tomorrow live morning. tomorrow. What time does that start? 7-10. 7-10 a.m. All right, and we play Slo- which Slovenia or Vakia? Slovenia. Okay. Uh, Slovene. They name it. Uh, Jessica DeVito is going to be here, my friend from Special Olympics, Pennsylvania. We are doing the Polar Plunge again on Saturday February 24th at Heinz Field. Very much looking forward to this. It's going to be a blast. Uh, and uh, also, Mark Madden will... I don't know. Is he on tomorrow or is he on vacation, Joe? He is on tomorrow? All right, cool. You're allowed to talk, dude. You uh, like Open up the mic and talk anytime you want. Because the sign language thing, you know, we, I don't know you well enough yet. You know what I mean? He's doing the, you know, the head nods and stuff. That usually means yes. Oh, it's up and down is yes. The side to side no still. So he does it just like Slack. Okay, good. <laughs> Love you, Bill. We'll see you later. Love you guys. Be well. Michelle's got some uh, electric lunch for you. Hopefully she's been playing a lot of Fog Hat. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully she's been paying tribute to Fog Hat. Well, they lost their bass player. Oh, uh, you're right. This past week. Shouldn't so. laugh. Do a Fog Hat tribute. Probably right. get another one. <laughs> I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.